Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Sustained effort and violence. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? It can be a total goat rodeo. Was that supposed to be funny? Cool, neat story. A fat, fat, stinky kind of dude that someone thought had a radio voice. What's wrong with my voice? (laughs) Doesn't seem like a real bad guy, but just a bit full of himself and sees himself as a huge radio personality. <laughs> Dominating the East Coast. He deaf looks fat and stinky. Oh. And is an absolute bozo. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome in to this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live T-shirt and shorts today, my friends and frenemies. Lovely day, even though it's overcast uh, here in eastern North Carolina. Great weather day. Great day for hoops and a great evening for hoops inside of Minji's Coliseum. Always nice to go to a game and not have to bundle up and it'd be super cold on the way out. And should be one of those tonight. Pirates and Bulls go at it 7 o'clock. We'll talk plenty about that one with the voice Jeff Charles coming up in just a little bit he'll join us on the pirate radio live line you're tuned in to pirate radio live on pirate radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington we're on 1250 930 online pr927 fm.com and you can watch the program today on facebook live and on youtube like uh, pirate radio on facebook watch us there and then uh subscribe to pirate radio tv you can watch us on youtube Let's do a, um, let's bring back the raffle today. Let's do that. For the booty bag? Yeah. Okay. So I'm down with it. Here's what you got to do just head over to Facebook Live, like, share our video. That'd be helpful. It'd be nice of you just to be a kind human being, spread a little kindness in the world. And then write, uh, type in a number. Don't write it on your computer monitor. You need to type it using your keyboard. A number 1 through 100. We will do a drawing in hour 3 when Bryce Williams is here. And I like to do drawing. We'll do a drawing. Closest to the pen wins. So once again, all you have to do, head over to Facebook Live in our live chat feed today. A number between 1 through 100. And closest to the pen will win a prize that we will select coming up in hour number 3. Uh, all right. Robert Matthews says Clipper. Clipper. Steve Hill says Stinky Clipper. Mm, I don't have that one. <laughs> we don't have. We just have Chandler saying Stinky. Stinky. Yeah. I coming up. Uh, Robert is in. By the way, he is our first entry at number fifteen. So right now, if nobody else responds, Robert will be our winner. I want to shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> kevin is in with 23 it is the 23rd of february and gordon has the number 13 all you got to do uh type in a number one uh between one and 100 closest to the pin will win coming up in hour number three of our pirate radio raffle all right coming up on today's show the voice jeff charles will get you ready for some pirate hoops we'll talk ecu usf coming up at around 325 at 4 o'clock, we'll talk to the voice of ECU baseball. Scott Rogers, Scooter, will join us in the Pirate Radio studios. Pirates coming off their first win of the season. The bats got rolling. 
my prediction was wrong sorry i said eight to three it was ten to three they scored a couple runs that i did not see in my crystal ball in my head yesterday but uh great to see the bats get going a big fifth inning they were no hit going into that inning right and then uh put together some hits and scored some runs Ryder giles a big one we'll break down the box score uh, in a moment but scott rogers will uh, talk about the pirates beating the campbell fighting camels yesterday in Bowie's creek north carolina next up for ecu amanda moore has her lacrosse team at ecu out to a three and oh start we will talk to amanda moore coming up in hour number two as lacrosse will be on the road for a while but wanted to get her on just to talk about their uh, good start to the season so we'll talk to her at around 425 430 ish bryce williams is in hour three he'll join us in the pirate radio studios in the five o'clock hour all right scout is price is writing gordon he has the number 14 scott d is that uh scott duffy is that the guy who's the duffy we uh you talked to the other day chandler it was a Duffy, right? Scott. Was it Scott? Either way, he's got number 32. Oh, yeah, that's right. He came by and picked up his prize. Well, he was going to, and we didn't have it ready for him, so we had to mail it. <laughs> that is correct. Sorry, Scott. Bryant Packard is in with the, the ever-mature Bryant Packard has number 69. <laughs> Bryant, you dog. <laughs> Jeff has number 60. Larry! Larry, are you ready? Has number 17. Mark Grace's number. And Michael Dyer has number 36. Once again, if you want to jump in, you can. A number between 1 and 100. We'll have our drawing coming up in hour three. Did you mention Brian Bryant Packard? Yeah. Son of the human tripod? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, if we're going to go immature, we might as well just get way immature, right? That was uh, a reference. Good reference, Chandler. And I'm pointing at you. So way to point that out. Uh, thank you, Shirley. That was a good point that I pointed it out. Um, last night on the Twitter, I guess there was some talk of UCLA not being able to broadcast a game. And people started talking about when the Pirates went out there to play the Bruins years ago. And John Packard, fathered, uh, John Packard father Jesus. of Bryant. <laughs> Sometimes words, words are difficult. We should just communicate with numbers. Trust me, I know. If I was like... Just hand signals. Yeah. 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 Brian Packard's dad, John, filmed the whole dang thing on his phone. Yeah, because that's how we watched it. On Facebook Live, right? Yep. And uh, the uh, ECU jungle, Pack the Jungle, said he was like a human tripod out there. And I, I can't let that one go, right? I had to say, of course not. Shout out to Mr. Packard for his nickname being the Human Tripod, and Bryant said, "I think that's what they called him at school." So anyway, we are good grief. <laughs> this is how we start the show. This is awful. This is just awful stuff. Mike P has number thirty, David number seventy-eight, and Dickie Steffens. I like that name. Is number sixty-two. So the numbers are rolling in here early on on pirate radio live did i set up the show i think i did shirley rhodes is here uh chandler honeycutt's here and content junkie schaefer who i don't believe has done a damn thing today is here the content junkie himself 
His laptop is even off. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're over there. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? I'm hosting the show. Do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. CJ is good at back-and-forth arguments. He's got a skill, and I uh, I respect it, and I appreciate it. You uh, And I, I'm, I'm kind of similar in the way that if I'm good, getting taken down, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that guy down with me. I think that's the key, right? Don't let you be the only one down you got to take the guy down with you cj does a great job of that took me down to chinatown so uh here we are and he is still not doing anything so we'll see if he does anything for the rest of the day i'm gonna start calling you junkie junkie like uh was like that shrek, shrek said donkey yeah. he's a content junkie content junkie so get, get out of me swamp <laughs> get to work junkie. get out of me studio you junkie there you go all right, Chan Man. What's up, brother? Pirates picking up a win. Near about it. <laughs> Near about it. Damn, damn done did it. Hey, that's more like it, right? That's the pirate baseball I have been raised to love. They matched the total runs they had over the weekend. A 10, 10 spot, like Billy Bob said in Varsity Blues. A 10. A 10. Uh, Excitement time. Uh, Excitement. So sure. Hey, hit it, Mike. Let's go. Oh, Excitement time. Let's say it again. Excitement time. Why Excitement stop time. now? Sorry. Ryder Giles uh, caught a lot of heat for his performance against Bryant. Huh. Well, he backed that up last night. He backed that bleep up like uh-huh. ju- Juvenile up. said back it's in the day. It's two little butt cheeks. I, that's right. And he was running those two little cheeks around the bases last <laughs> night. <laughs> this Jeez. show... This we is, ended it on a weird note last I night. I know. I feel like this one's going better than the last hour yesterday, but it's going in a weird direction. Yeah. And if we course. if we're not careful, if we could stay I, well, in our It is lane. hump day. Come Jeff, on. Jeff Charles is coming up next. He'll always class it up. He he gets me on my best behavior. He keeps you in your lane. He does. He is a good lane keeper, keeper of the lanes. So yeah, uh, I never stay in my lane. <laughs> I feel like I'll class it up at least for the next segment, but this one this one's in trouble. Ryder Giles, three for five, had a ribby, had a run, and uh, three big hits for the Pirates yesterday coming through with uh, runners on, which was an issue for uh, really the whole team against Bryant. Two-hit day for Lane Hoover. He had three RBIs. C.J. Boyd had a couple of hits for the Pirates yesterday. And really, it was the, the big inning, the five and the fifth, that we might look back on and – say that uh that kind of changed the trajectory of everything because to that point uh, had the pirates had a hit going into the fifth they did have a base runner which was lane hoover who had a walk other than that i think that's the only base runner the pirates had in the first four innings yes yeah. and i think there was a no hitter going on for campbell um they had a combined no no going into the fifth inning and that was quickly erased by five east carolina runs 10 to 3 the final chandler i was uh i saw you on social media you were uh, you were high on what Danny Beal was doing. Dealing out there. Danny Beal. He uh, gave up one run on, uh, but pitched two innings. That came out in the ninth. Uh, just kind of ran out of gas there. I was hoping they would bring him back out to close the deal, Danny Beal. Um, but he did give up a hit, and then here comes Cliff Gowan and Skylar Brooks uh, shuts the door and gives the Pirates their first win. Once again, we see C.J. Mayhew extended three innings, struck out three. Uh, gave up a homer, right? And that was it for him. One hit. 
Uh, so CJ looked pretty good. He got the win yesterday and uh, went three big innings. I didn't know if they would uh, go to CJ, but I guess it was one of those situations where they felt like uh, when they're down one nothing, uh, they need to do everything to win this game. So they kept him in, put him in, kept him in. And uh, the Pirates get their first win of the year. And now it is on to Chapel Hill. Yep, going to be a tough task this weekend in Chapel Hill. Uh, Friday and Saturday, obviously, will be in Chapel Hill. Then Sunday, they'll be back in, uh, in Clark LeClaire, which is be fun. Hopefully, uh, the Pirates will be looking to get a series, either a series sweep or a series win on Sunday when they come back home. But uh, that's exactly what the Pirates needed yesterday. And that was a win in the win column. And uh, in the fashion that they did, did it was very comforting. And the Pirates' bats were getting hot. Um, you know, Ryder Giles with three hits. Josh Moreland got a base hit up the middle and I think scored a run. Much needed. Um, so a lot of Pirates getting in the mix. And I liked what we saw uh, from everybody that touched the mound yesterday, including CJ Mayhew, Pirate Radio athlete. Well said, Chan Man. Craig is in with number 47. Claudia has number 84. Tony Dunn, 11. So uh, once again, we're doing numbers 1 through 100. Type in your number on the Facebook Live feed for your chance to win a prize coming up in Hour 3. Do we know what the prize is yet, Shirley? What are we giving away today? We did um, shrimp tacos yesterday, dominoes on Monday. What about the breaker? Could it be a breaker day? Could be. Or should we take a break from the breaker? Never. 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 Take a break from the Lunch breaker. for two at tiebreakers. Lunch for two at tiebreakers can be yours if we pick your lucky number or... If you are closest to the pin, Joshua is in with number six. All right. Um, Susan Dean's chiming in, Chandler. Uh, you she think did, she wants she, to she, talk pirate baseball? No. Pirate it, basketball? It, it, and she didn't give a number. I, I, I haven't looked, but I'm just going to take a wild guess that she said hashtag fire mat rule. You are correct, sir. Another fire mat rule from Susan Dean. Steven is in with number 22. All right, Pirates winners in baseball. Can they do the same tonight in basketball? Six and a half point favorites at home. We got to talk about this. We were way off, everybody. We need to talk about Kevin. Anybody seen that movie? That would be a no. All right. So yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. <laughs> Well done, sir. I had the Pirates by three. Chandler, you had two and a half. Igo went above us. Four and a half. Yeah, he went high. I thought too high. He went too low. Ellerby went four. The Pirates, and and I said yesterday, ECU is going to win by double digits tonight. <clears throat> so when the line came out, I should feel even better about that. I don't know how I'm feeling right now. ECU is a seven-point favorite, now six-and-a-half-point favorite. So it's gone down a, a tinge. Six-and-a-half? Now, I talk to a lot of gambling people. There's a phrase they say a lot. Uh, Team A shouldn't be favored by X amount of points against anybody. Is this one of those cases with East Carolina? Should they be favored by this many points against anyone? Again, I said yesterday they win by double digits. This should make me feel better. This should make me hammer the Pirates. But, man, how many close games has ECU played? How many times have a they... Lot. How many games have they ran away from an opponent in league play and won? Zero? I mean, if you want to count the Tulane game where we Not, ran well, away that was OT. in OT. Yeah. yeah, and they won by, what, eight, eight? maybe? Yeah. But so. that was back and forth. That was a bit of a rarity because usually OT games are tighter. Tristan Newton went nuts that game. Their other wins were Memphis on a last-second shot. You've got Tulsa. Tulsa on the road. 
um, which was a Vance Jackson three late down the stretch in that game. You had the South Florida win, which now, was very exciting, apparently, according to the uh, broadcast team there in South Florida. I will say that was their most convincing win. They won that by eight, and it kind of it felt like they were in control for part of that second half, right? Would you yeah, say? I would say the last five minutes I felt pretty comfortable with the Pirates winning. So they did win that one by eight. They won an overtime game by eight, which is pretty rare against Tulane. But their other wins are a two-pointer against Tulsa, and then a last-second shot uh, by Brandon Sugg, 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 72-71 over Memphis. So I, <laughs> I'm contradicting myself at this point because ECU has played everybody so tight that I am scared of the six and a half. I got to be honest with you. How you feeling? I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, well, at the same time, you did say yesterday, like you said, that I know the, the I Pirates don't... will win by double digits. I could see that happening. I just don't like the spread being that high. Yeah. Joshua says, how long until Dooley's job comes into question? Well, that depends on who you ask. It's been in question by some for a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, it's in question now. I, does Joe Dooley want to return to East Carolina? Does East Carolina want him to return? I think those are my question. Are real questions. Was if Joe Dooley even wants to come back as the pirate head coach yeah and and i don't know the answers to those questions straight up but i do know that there will be there will have to be a decision made at the end of this season because he's got one year left on his deal so it's time to bleep or get off the pot right you extend or or go a different direction more times than not in these situations so i think the uh his job is coming to question now if you win tonight beat tulsa win a game in the tournament i mean have you seen enough do you think next year is going to be any better is it going to be about the same I, i'll i'll be honest i don't see like a a major step forward next year i, I mean i feel like yeah this is about par for the course i, I hate to say that but that's kind of how i feel and i don't know if we get another coach in if i see a major step forward we are in purgatory here with ecu basketball which is why i just kind of enjoy it game to game and if they win that's great and uh, i'm hoping they can win one tonight but yeah i don't have the answers to uh what the future looks like for joe dooley i wish i did looks like we got a caller coming yeah i think in. we got a caller on the line caller on the line we've got destry on line one who joins us here on pirate radio live hello destry hello clipper how are you great how are you doing doing well so so you're asking should the pirates be favored by six and a half over anybody right you think that that sounds a little fishy <laughs> i get it because south florida is totally bottom of the barrel but to see east carolina as a favorite by that much against a conference opponent gives me pause because i don't know if i've ever seen them favored by that much in an american game before did you uh, watch the, the ECU at South Florida game? <laughs> I did. Okay, well, all I can say is at the end of that game is uh, I was in awe of how bad the Bulls are. I agree. And if, I mean, it's they have issues from top to bottom, from the, the 13th man on the bench to the starting point guard. They are a train wreck. 
And yes, if we were Radford, if we were Wilmington, if we were Elon, I would say we should be favored by near double digits to beat South Florida. They should be expelled from the league unless uh, unless something dramatic happens down there. They don't have a basketball program. So All right, disaster down there. Pirates roll tonight. Destry saying scared money don't make money. Lay the six and a half and just walk to the bank. I like it. All right, Destry. Thanks, man. He's right. South Florida stinks. You don't talk about they're bad. Talk about me stinking. They stink. You can see the the lines. Of, they stink worse than you do. You can see the lines of stink coming off them on the court. Wow, it's like a peanuts cartoon. Uh, they're bad, but we saw that Smith kid for them get hot. I think he ended up with five or six threes, but he hit three or four there in the first half. And you know they, we've seen these pirates go on cold stretches as well. So not a sure thing at all. But Destry says lay it. Six he and said, a half. did you see that last game? And I did. In South Florida? I did, sir. We all did. I saw it. And it, it was disgusting. But apparently to the broadcast team in South Florida, that was some pretty exciting basketball. Jim Lauk so, thought it was the best game of the year. So, uh, Craig says to the question, how long until Julie, Dooley's job comes in question? Uh, he says, hopefully not soon. Dooley builds teams. We are competitive. He should be able to keep building. Actually, what he has done with the transfer portal is quite remarkable. If he wins tonight, he gets win number 100 at the institution. Huh. I was not aware In of that. In the two stints. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Pirates looking to go and finish over 500 for the first time since So name when? a basketball coach at East Carolina that's done that. I know, but... I mean, no. I mean, relatively speaking, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, we're we're it's talking a, about it's what are the expectations? Though? Yes, absolutely. So, I, I I see both sides of it. Uh let's just win tonight and win Saturday and make a damn run in the AAC tournament. What about Wichita State? Can we go on the road to Kansas and get a win and mm, uh, end the nah. end the season on a three game streak? Nah. Going into the conference tournament, nah, being the first, uh, being three games over five hundred to end the year. Nah, I'm gonna say no. Nah. But when we step into that Dickies Arena, in our Dickies, in our Dickies, all <laughs> say it, Chandler. Go ahead and say what all, you want. All jeans are on. Nah, and just, can you fit in those jeans? He shouldn't have said it. You know what? That's on me. I thought he had something good to say. He didn't. Yeah. You, know, you know what? I didn't want to say it because I knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> Before I said it, I stopped. I didn't know because it was going to be bad. It was possible. And then you told me, "Go ahead." And because I did. I believe in you. I didn't think it was now, possible for you to say something that bad. And now I look stupid, and you look bad. I'm a dork. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Stinky. We didn't get through half the rundown. Uh, I forgot we had a rundown. Yeah, we did. We'll talk Buck scoreboard and USFL draft because coming up on Thursday's show, we'll talk to one of the new members of that league, Garrett McGinn, former ECU offensive lineman, was drafted into the USFL last night. He'll join us on Thursday's Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Jeff Charles joins us to talk hoops and more after this.
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. I'm going to read a live ad in just a second. I just got to find which one I'm supposed to read for. Okay, here we go. The best place in Greenville. To unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining, especially with weather like this. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock on Wednesday nights. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, we'll be playing some trivia tonight after East Carolina and South Florida. So. Enjoy the game. Come out to AJ's. We'll start around 9.15, 9.20 or so. Go about an hour. And I've got uh, some fun questions for the peeps tonight. So looking forward to that coming up. AJ McMurphy's this evening. All right. Let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line and visit with The Voice here on this Wednesday. Jeff Charles will be on the call tonight when the Pirates take on South Florida. He joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Voice, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Just getting ready for another Pirate basketball game tonight at 7 o'clock. USF is in town. As we know, we just played this ball club six days ago, clipped out in Tampa, and that was the rescheduled game because the original game in the first week of January was canceled. So it's a little bit of a quirk in the schedule that these two teams are playing twice in six days, but that will be the case coming up tonight at 7. And the Pirates have an awful lot to play for. This ball club is 13-13, and 13, still hopes a lot to have a winning season. And East Carolina has only had two winning seasons in the last 23 years of basketball. So a lot to play for for Joe Dooley's ball club tonight. If they can get this one, make it two in a row over USF, they can certainly take a step forward into having a winning season this year. Yeah, pretty good road trip to Florida. Could have been a great road trip, but UCF... Uh... Uh, does not allow that as they hit one at the buzzer, Jeff. We talked to Joe Dooley about it on Monday and one of those situations, ball goes out of bounds and some time is added to the clock and uh, Tremont Robinson-White is playing some good defense. He, uh, Joe Dooley says could have maybe got a hand up there in that situation, made the shot a little tougher. But man, how many times have we seen that this year, Jeff? The Pirates have had some go their way. We've seen Damian Dunn, uh, the Cincinnati game, and then on Sunday against UCF go the opposite way of the Pirates. But a lot of tight games down the stretch, a lot of clutch shots made uh, this year uh, when ECU's involved. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think, Cliff, we always tend to focus on the games that you lose when you lose a tough ball game. But let's go back and look at some of the games the Pirates have won this year. They beat Coppin State by only two points, beat Southern Miss by one, beat Old Dominion by one. So the ball has bounced the other way in some of these other games. But that was a tough one on Sunday because I really thought the Pirates were going to win the game in the second half. They just had a really good look in their eye. I thought they were playing better then UCF, and I really thought they had a good chance to steal a game on the road in Orlando, but UCF's very talented, Cliff. When you look at the talent on the floor, they're probably not quite Houston, probably not quite Memphis, but I'll tell you what, they're really close. They've got a five-star on that team. They've got three four-star guys. They're very athletic. Johnny Dawkins does a nice job as the coach there, so you know, they're tough to beat. They really are, and especially down there. And then we saw what happened when they played here. The Pirates had that 20-point lead, couldn't hang on, and lost the game 
in overtime. But that's a quality ball club. They've been a little bit disappointing, I think, this year. I think they really felt like they were going to be in you know, the top three or four in the league, and that's really not happened for them for a variety of reasons. But that's a really good team, and the Pirates have been right there with them. And you mentioned the game that Damian Dunn it took the shot and won the game at Temple, and Tremont Robinson-White, just like this past Sunday, he was right in his grill. And sometimes, you know, great shooters make really great shots in pressure situations, and that's what we saw with Darren Green Jr. when he nailed that Shot from the left corner on Sunday. We saw that from Damian Dunn when he nailed that shot, the three uh, in uh, Philadelphia at Temple. So, you know, they go both ways, Cliff. But, again, uh, you really you really hate to lose those close games because the Pirates have been so close to getting a few more wins if they could have just closed out the deal this year. Jeff Charles joining us to be on the call tonight when East Carolina takes on South Florida. Jeff, I don't remember the last time East Carolina was a seven-point favorite against an AAC opponent. It tells you how down South Florida is. It also tells you uh, what kind of run East Carolina's been on. They had that road win at Tulsa. Really good first half against SMU before it got away from them, and the Pirates lose that game by 14. Then they had the road win at South Florida, and we're right there against UCF. So uh, Vegas giving East Carolina some respect tonight, a seven-point home favorite uh, in this game. And once again, Jeff, I don't remember ECU being that big of a favorite against the conference opponent. Might be might be the biggest uh, favorite they've ever been in, since joining the AAC. You may very well be right, Cliff. Somebody would have to go back and research yeah. that. But USF is, uh, they're struggling this year. And if the Pirates can't beat them tonight, that'll be their 20th loss of the season. So you never want to have a 20 loss season, and they're right on the brink of it. They're 7 and 19. They're 2 and 12 in last place in the league. It looks like they're going to finish in 11th or last place in the conference. But what happened to them, Cliff, is that they had mass defections at the end of the year last year. And they lost some really good players. David Collins went to Clemson. Alexis Yetna went to Seton Hall. Xavier Castaneda went to Akron. And Michael Durer is at Indiana. Hmm. So they lost four starters off their ball club. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Duke or Gonzaga or any other team in the country that's having great years and are some of the blue bloods. I don't know how you can lose four starters and really come back the next year and, and be a great team. And so that's what happened to them this year. Uh, Brian Gregory is, uh, you know, his, his record is very similar to Joe Dooley's in American Athletic Conference competition. Uh, Gregory's been there one year longer than Joe, but they're right, both about 30 games under 500 in the league. And Brian Gregory just got a two year extension at USF. So they're struggling uh, in a lot of different ways. We always enjoy the games with USF because a couple of former Pirates are on the USF staff. Larry Dixon is an assistant at USF. Oh, yeah. Is Billy Hubley, who is here as, yeah. as well. And so those two guys will be coming back to Greenville tonight for the game. But, yeah, remember those names and uh, and those faces. It'll be good to see them tonight in Minji's Coliseum. East Carolina, one thing they uh, – South Florida can do, at least one of their players did uh, down in Tampa that you saw, Jeff. Uh, the Smith kid was bombing away from three at five three-pointers in the game last week, and teams uh, tend to hit outside shots against East Carolina. So uh, for fans thinking it'll be a walk in the park tonight, uh, beware. Uh, if they get hot from three, anything could happen, but hoping uh, the Pirates can take care of business tonight in Minji's. Uh, Jeff, also we got Pirate baseball going on. East Carolina picking up their first win of the season. Rough week weekend as they were swept i told you when i saw you at the studio earlier this week that while we were watching uh game three of the bryant series we were keeping an eye on ecu basketball
basketball and as you called it jeff a double gut punch there on sunday but uh, nice to see the pirates bounce back on the diamond last night take care of a pesky uh, campbell team and get cliff godwin's first win of the year yeah, it really was good to see that happen, Cliff, and you know, it was really good to see the pass come to life and see the guys score 10 runs over at Bowie's Creek yesterday. And, you know, when you're a ball club like, like Campbell or any ball club, when you get a bunch of hits early, and I think early in the game, what was it yesterday? Campbell had six hits and the Pirates didn't have any, and you squander those opportunities and you leave a lot of guys on base early in a game. Oftentimes that comes back to bite you, and I think that's what happened to Campbell and they had a chance to take the lead on a number of occasions early in that game and give the Pirate pitching staff some credit because the guys pitched out of some jams and, and Campbell was not able to score when they had guys in scoring positions. So the Pirate pitchers made some good pitches and got out of some trouble as well. So you know, it was a really good win. Uh, you knew sooner or later the Pirates were going to win a game, and it was just a very difficult weekend against Bryant, but now maybe this will give the guys some confidence and as we all know, they've got this three-game series now coming up against North Carolina, and the first game is in Chapel Hill Friday at 4, two of the three in Chapel Hill, and then the Pirates will get the third game in Greenville. So this is another big weekend for the guys. I mean, they could really take a step forward if they play well and could get a couple of wins against the Tar Heels this weekend. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, coming up on Thursday's edition of Pirate Radio Live, we will talk to former ECU offensive lineman Garrett McGinn. And uh, we saw his name pop up last night. He was drafted in the first uh, USFL draft. Uh, well, the first since they returned uh, to the USFL. They're bringing it back. And uh, it was great to see his name pop up. We'll talk to him about how all that transpired coming up on Thursday's show. But Garrett, uh, I'll always look back fondly at him. He, he was on some losing teams here, Jeff, but always uh, was a great interview, always answered the tough questions, and uh, happy for him that he can continue his football career and uh, will be playing in the USFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. I remember when Garrett was going into his senior season, and oftentimes a couple of years, three, four years ago, student-athletes were on the Pirate Club circuit, and I remember going with Garrett to a couple of Pirate Club meetings, and he represented himself uh, so well. And, and you're right, he's a very personable guy, and boy, he has the size. He looks the part of an offensive lineman, as we know. Uh, he comes from a good family in Florida. His mother was a policeman, a policewoman in Florida. So, you know, I'm really happy for him and his family. He gets a chance now to continue to play football in and Cliff, you mentioned the USFL, I was just thinking about this. You know, there was a USFL way back in the early 70s. <laughs> and so I don't have the USFLs we've had, but we have just the newest edition of the USFL going to start playing this spring. And, Jeff, was it uh, – I was trying to think of this. Was it Herschel Walker who – signed a deal with the usfl where they were trying to maybe compete with the nfl and they they sent him a ton of money and said hey we're going to be legit and uh i i don't think it's going to be that way this time around but was that the name i was looking for you are correct sir yeah i believe he signed with the new jersey generals at the time and uh, mike burnup who was a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show when mike uh, ended his playing career at virginia tech he actually played in the USFL, and that goes back to the early 70s. Oh, wow. There was a USFL even before, as you referenced, the Hucker yeah. story. So there have been a bunch of them, and the one thing they had in common, Cliff, is that they don't last very long. <laughs> You're right. I'm hoping, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that this will be different for the players and, and for the coaches, and, of course, Skip Holtz is going to coach the team yeah. 
in Birmingham, but people continue to try and make a spring football league work, and it just never seems to work. So maybe this one will be the time, but uh, I'm going to kind of sit back and watch and, and see what happens. It just never seems to be able to get off the ground. I think there's the curiosity factor early on when the games are on TV. And right. People tune in and watch the first two or three games, and then they say, well, I'm not that interested in it, and as the season goes on, then the interest wanes. So let's see what happens this time. Yeah, well, they're, they're going all out, at least for the debut, Jeff. Uh, this is the, the first time I've ever seen this. They're going to do a, a dual simulcast on Fox and NBC and have the game, I guess the same game on both networks. So you're going to have two competing networks airing uh, a USFL game. So they are doing all they can to get eyeballs on it. And it's kind of like you said, Jeff, we we uh, we get interested in it uh, week one, and then it's a matter of, okay, what about week four and week five? Do Are we paying attention at all? That's, uh, that's the issue with these things. Yeah, it really is. And every time that they've started a league like this, that's been what has happened. And, Remember the XFL, Vince McMahon's venture, it really took off that first week or two, and people were talking about it a number of years ago, and then he brought it back again a couple of years ago, and it kind of you know, fell apart. So there's just such a history there of professional spring football never being a very viable clip, and so we'll just have to wait and see if this league is going to be any different or not. My gut tells me it's going to be some of the same old, same old. Jeff Charles joining us, Jeff, tonight after the basketball game. We plan on Joe Dooley and Brian Gregory shaking hands in the uh, the handshake line after the game. We, uh, I'd asked Joe Dooley about the Jawan Howard-Wisconsin uh, incident, and he said that this is, you know, it's not something that happens every game, every week, every month. It's a, a very rare occurrence, and you had some folks, uh, Dick Vitale and others, saying, all right, get rid of the handshake line. It's it's too many emotions, too much bad blood after these games. Joe Dooley kind of said, if it was happening every night, maybe, but uh, we're, we're still teaching guys sportsmanship. Uh, we can go through and, and shake the guy's hand after the game, win or lose. So, Jeff, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, heard about it at this point. What do you think of the, the Jawan Howard situation, and, and what does it mean moving forward, if anything, uh, for what happens uh, post-game? Well, number one, Cliff, I thought Jawan Howard should have been suspended for the rest of the season. Now, they say the rest of the regular season, but that doesn't mean the Big Ten tournament. Now, Michigan has not had a very good year, so I don't know if they're going to get a postseason tournament play in, in any tournament. But I just thought he should have been suspended for the rest of their games this year. So he gets off with a five-game suspension and a $40,000 fine, and this is the second time that he's had a run-in similar to this. So, like so many people have said, you know, you get three strikes to guess, the third strike, and you're out. But he's going to have to be really careful if he cannot control his emotions a little bit better than what we have seen in the past. But, no, I think the handshake line is good. And uh, as Joe mentioned, this was an isolated incident. And I really believe that uh, you know, we're trying to teach these kids sportsmanship, and these coaches are supposed to be role models. And you have to understand these are 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who are impressionable, and you have to have some responsibility as a coach to do the right thing and so, no, I'm all for keeping the sportsmanship uh, in the game and keeping the handshake after the game. I think it's uh, a wonderful gesture. And, and you know, the, the real sport that you really think about handshakes after games is in the Stanley Cup playoffs when the teams in hockey, 
it's a real tradition that they shake hands at the end of a playoff series, and yeah. oh, that's that's what hockey has done for years, and I think that's why people respect the sportsmanship that goes on in hockey after a playoff series. And I think the same thing is true in uh, in basketball. I, I, I certainly hope that they keep it. I think they will. Uh, again, it's just one thing that happened, and it was unfortunate. But uh, about 99.99% of the time, there's a handshake at the end of the game, and people go to the locker room, and it's a good side of sportsmanship. Jeff Charles joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Jeff, have you talked to your uh, your buddy Steve Cotton there at Marshall about what is going on with the Thundering Herd and some other schools and the Conference USA? Marshall has filed a lawsuit against Conference USA. They're trying to get out of the league, and they told, I guess, the conference they would be departing this year. And then the conference comes out and puts Marshall and Old Dominion and Southern Miss, those teams expected to move to the Sun Belt. Uh, they put them on their fall football schedule, and I guess Marshall's saying, we're not playing those games. I don't know why you put us on these schedules. It is a weird situation uh, with Marshall and the Conference USA and a lot of these other schools. Uh, have you followed this story at all, Voice? Well, I followed the story, and then, of course, uh, it came out today. And, in fact, I was reading the story right before you called the clip about Southern Miss following the lawsuit in Huntington against Conference USA. Hmm. I think what Conference USA did is that they were trying to use some leverage by putting that schedule out and putting Southern Miss and, and Old Dominion and, and uh, Marshall on paper as saying, you know, you're going to play these games. And I think it was a little bit of a strong-arm tactic on their part. And I think it's backfired on them, and I don't think the schools, like you said, I don't think they're they're planning on playing the conference this year. So, you know, when it gets down to two clip, and we saw this in Conference USA when the Pirates were a member of Conference USA, it just shows a lack of leadership. And that was the case when ECU was there. When you have a lack of leadership at the top, things turn, uh, you know, turn south and have a tendency to really go out of control. And I, I think that's what we've seen with Conference USA. My goodness, look at the teams that are leaving, and who would have ever thought a few years ago the teams in Conference USA would go into the Sunbelt Conference. Which, right. You know, CUSA was was looked upon as a superior league to the Sunbelt. The Sunbelt now has passed them, and they've poached Conference USA for these teams. And I, I think it's you know, a lack of leadership. And we saw that when the Pirates were in there, and the leadership has changed at, at some point. But uh, Conference USA is on life support, I think, Clip, and they're going to bring in a lot of schools now that, you know, have not had much of a tradition in, in athletics and some newcomers. Uh, they're in they're in really bad shape of falling off the map, in my opinion. And I think a lot of schools see that, and they're jumping ship. And this Sunbelt Conference is going to be a good conference. I'm, I'm excited for the schools that are going in there. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really good regional conference and have a lot of great regional rivalries. And I think a couple of years from now, we're going to be talking about them as being a really good league. No doubt. A uh, good football league and uh, going to get better with these uh, new teams coming in, whenever that may be, uh, whenever those new teams do uh, indeed come in. Jeff, I uh, appreciate your time today. Have a great call tonight with Coach Perry as you uh, broadcast the Pirates basketball game against USF going for the regular season sweep voice and take care of this one tonight and then they'll try to do the same against Tulsa. Really a, a chance here for a good week of basketball for the Pirates. No doubt about it. A chance to win a couple of games clip and take that step forward as I mentioned toward a winning season this year. 
And if I could, I'd like to give a plug for our interview coming up tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, Tree Rollins will be my special guest. And basketball fans certainly remember the name of Tree Rollins. He played 18 years in the NBA, and then he played at Clemson. He's the first Clemson athlete. I think this will surprise some folks, Clip. The first Clemson athlete to ever have his number retired and his uh, jersey's hanging up there in Little John Coliseum, and then he went on 18 years in the NBA, and this one will really surprise you, I think. When Tree retired, he was fourth all-time in block shots in the NBA. He was only behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Akeem Olajuwon, and Mark Eaton, and number four was Tree Rollins. He had a terrific career in the NBA, and he is a great guy. He's living in retirement now in Orlando, and we were able to track him down. And I think basketball fans will really enjoy our interview and our conversation with Tree Rollins tonight coming up at 6 o'clock. That's awesome, Jeff. I'm looking forward to, to hearing that because I caught the very tail end of his NBA career, and I just remember Tree Rollins being a teammate of Shaq and those two giant men uh, playing in those ugly pinstripe magic jerseys in the uh, in the early to mid-90s. Uh, but, man, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun tonight. That's coming up 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. Uh, Tree Rollins one-on-one with Jeff Charles. Jeff, great stuff. Uh, we'll see you in Minji's tonight. Okay, thank you, Clip. Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry will be on the call as ECU takes on South Florida. We will take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one. Scooter kicks us off in hour two. Scott Rogers will talk about Pirates knocking off Campbell and looking ahead to North Carolina in baseball when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Just go to YouTube, search for Pirate Radio TV, and subscribe. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And of course, on game days, you can watch the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter. Go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on that subscribe button. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty, wrapping up hour number one. Coming up hour number two, we'll talk to Scott Rogers. In fact, uh, once again, if you're early, if you're on time, you're late. And Scooter is always early. He is here, ready to go. Scooter, good to see you, man. How good you to see you, Clip. I'm doing great. I know you're feeling good after a win. Yes. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that. I watched a lot of college basketball last night. I want to update some brocketology real quick. Um, this is in my, my teams that I'm going to have probably going too far category. Arkansas. Eric Musselman's guys are tough as nails. Uh, picked up a road win last night against florida 82 to 74 and uh they are climbing up my big board along with kansas and gonzaga as teams i like great finish last night in stores as uconn knocked off villanova 71 to 69 that final score 
as that one went right down to the wire. Coming up tonight, can Virginia get the regular season sweep against Duke? It'll be in Charlottesville tonight. Jane Gardner and the Cavs are five-point underdogs at home against Duke. Big one for the fighting Corey Glores. It'll be Houston at Tulane. Tulane has been so good in American play. They are 9-5 and five in the league. They take on uh, Houston coming up tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Late night tonight, LSU, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Auburn, and not much going on, Wisconsin and Minnesota. We will be in Minji's coming up 7 o'clock as East Carolina takes on South Florida. Pirates, big favorites in that game tonight at home, trying to get the regular season sweep over the Bulls. All that going on, Chandler, on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. NBA action gets underway Thursday following the All-Star break. Hornets will play coming up on friday night hornets, hornets, hornets. thank you against toronto and let's see are the hurricanes in action tonight the answer to that question is no so i'm assuming they will be back thursday night the hurricanes will be playing friday night because they're not playing thursday are the hurricanes not playing any more games they will be home friday night against the blue jackets of columbus so that's what's going on on your buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by da buck by the way if you want to get in our pirate radio raffle today all you have to do is pick a number between one and 100 and you will be entered in to our contest we're giving away lunch for two to tiebreakers and we will draw a number coming up in hour three when bryce williams is here and uh if you are closest to the pin you win hal is in with the number 77 and who else got in steven has 22 joshua 6 craig 47 i think i already read all these so we got a long list of numbers here if you want to jump in you can do so for the next hour and try to get in all right we will uh talk to scott rogers we already got a question if you have a question for scooter bring it on on facebook youtube or twitter and craig is asking uh Hey, we'll talk about ECU's performance, but how does Scott grade himself after four games? We'll get the answer to that question and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We are back with you after this. Brian Packard has... This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the hospital are open for you serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app and you can order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today. Day. Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff Rock. All righty. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. We've got some more folks jumping in the Pirate Radio raffle we're doing today. We're giving away lunch for two to tiebreakers coming up in hour number three. Just type in a number into the Facebook Live feed between 1 and 100, and you are entered in and can win. John Moody has number 50, Doug going with 58 and we have a compliment for scooter also all right uh scott rogers joins us play-by-play voice of ecu baseball and 
Scooter, I had to feel good for Cliff Godwin, Ryder Giles, the whole team to get a win. Probably felt good for you yesterday as well because you were about two or three more losses away from getting snatched out of the booth. i got to be honest. We were coming for your head. But, uh, Scooter, great uh, to call a W yesterday, right? It was. Uh, good to have the first win this season for the Pirates as well. Uh, you know, there was a lot of frustrated people out there with the team, and I know the team was frustrated with their performance against Bryant. But uh, last night they really came out and hit the ball well, especially in that fifth inning, a big five-run fifth inning for the Pirates last night. And uh, good to see them back in the win column, especially for the first time this year. A lot of stress through the first four innings last night, Scooter, because the Pirate bats were not clicking, and you had Campbell scored a run, but it seemed like the the Pirate pitchers were facing a lot of stress. A lot of base runners getting out of jams. Carter Spivey did a good job of that in the first couple innings. But that fifth really changed everything for the game, and and who knows? Maybe we'll see it changed everything moving forward. But five runs in the fifth. Uh, those first four uh, was a little hairy, though, right? It was. Uh, you know, I was saying as much on air with them not having a base runner. I kept mentioning a bunch trying to get the baseball gods to <laughs> yeah. uh, break the perfect game. But, uh, you know, Campbell had a lot of hits early. I think they had six hits at one point early in that game with no runs. Uh, Pirate defense played good last night, and pitchers did a great job getting out of those jams. Great nights on the mound. No, I thought Carter Spivey did a good job. I think Carter could be someone we see sneak into that weekend rotation possibly before the year's over with, uh, depending on what happens. But Josh Groves looked good last night. C.J. Mayhew looked like his normal self yeah, as well. And uh, One person that really jumped out to me last night was Danny Bill. Danny Bill, I think, had a little bit of pep in his step last night and really looked good for two innings on the mound last night no doubt some good uh combined team pitching last night for east carolina in the uh, 10 to 3 victory and uh let's go back to Ryder giles because he had two errors uh, over the weekend had countless times where he was up with runners on base and a couple of those times i remember he hit one sharply to third uh that could have been a double if it was a couple feet over also uh, hit one hard into a double play uh so had opportunities to get runs in didn't do it how about yesterday though three hits for the pirate shortstop and uh he had to feel good coming off that game last night he did uh i hate we had a little bit of microphone issues post game last night so we weren't able to get his post game interview but uh coach o said that he was you know very excited about the game last night obviously happy the way he performed happy the way the team performs but it was good to see uh it was good to see Ryder get back and get back in the hit column I believe he was three for five last night if i'm not mistaken um but he really had a good game and you know I, you look at these message boards there's a lot of Ryder giles haters out there i would say and it was good to see them get shut up last night yeah and, and hope that continues and and Ryder said i think it was off the air monday when he joined us like we just need one win because then one turns into two and then they just start stacking up and and that could be said for hits as well at bats and josh moylan uh had a rough weekend he had a hit last night he's gonna get going we know he'll get cooking at some point but guys like that that struggled on the weekend rider and josh in particular uh scooter it was good to see them get on base uh, know what it feels like to drive a run in and just get back into the swing of things yeah and josh like we said you know he was one of the best power hitters on this team last year and uh you know he he's gonna get going um get out of that slump early would be the best thing for him and uh looking forward to see what he can do this year and we know we know he's got the power we know you know he's shaped up his body really well in the offseason um excited to see him finally get a hold of a pitch this year and ready for the first moylan bomb of the year <laughs> no doubt baseball is it's kind of 
and i do this too because i I host a three-hour show so if i talk major league baseball like in april and may a lot of people are like well baseball hadn't really even started yet until the all-star break so everything is such a small sample size right now especially for this this east carolina team with just four games but i'll say one positive scooter the midweek pitching last night we talked about it staff game looked good and you look through the weekend garrett sailor who Austin Knight said didn't have his best stuff. He, he battled on Friday. Cooch looked like the old Cooch Mainer on Saturday, and we saw some flashes from the young guy, Jake Hunter. So one and three record right now, but I think a big positive has been pitching for East Carolina overall to this point. Yeah, you know, the pitching has been, you know, really winnable all year. Um, you know, those first three games, Friday, Garrett Saylor, you know, we could tell he probably didn't have his best stuff Friday, but still pitched well enough to win that game. Uh, Jake Kuchmaner did a great job Saturday, and Jake Hunter Sunday. You know he he lived up the expectations. Yeah. Everything we had heard through the off season from him, and uh, I don't have not heard a pitching rotation at all for this weekend. But uh, I wouldn't expect much much changes at all from that this weekend. Scooter, we've seen uh, Cliff Godwin as he does tinker with the lineup every single game so far this year. It uh, worked out last night with Agnos hitting it in the leadoff spot for the second straight game. Typical Agnos line, two walks, three runs scored, had a hit, knocked a run in. So he was big at the top. And then Lane Hoover, uh, I don't know, he might have the clutch gene. Uh, Anytime there's a big spot, Hoover seems to come through hitting in the two hole. So uh, you think we'll see at some point this kind of work itself out the lineup uh, because we know Cliff likes to tinker with it and then he'll do it throughout the year if he needs to. Yeah. Um, You know, last night we saw that with CJ Boyd too coming in as a pinch hitter and stayed in the rest of the game as a DH. Uh, he had a two for three night last night, which it was good to see him get to the plate and get up and get some at bats. But uh, you know, you talk about Lane Hoover. Coach Gowan said, you know, he's there's not one person on that team that's more of a more of a competitor than he is, and it has showed over the past few games. You know, I think he had two hits last night. Um, that, that kid just goes out there and competes every single game, and it's always good when you have someone like that in your lineup. Justin Wilcoxon had the bomb that turned out to not count on uh, Saturday, but he. Uh, caught last night scooter had a hit uh knocked in a run scored a run and uh this catcher position uh, talk about changes uh, we're gonna see a lot of different guys at that spot but uh we've seen a lot of uh the the wilcoxon so far this year yeah i've been impressed with justin uh had has had a, some good games behind the plate trying to get things going at the plate but it's good you know with us having already seen three catchers so far this year for the pirates with ben newton and ryan mccrystal it's good to have that depth uh, especially once you get late in the year, especially if you had some weather issues, might have to play a doubleheader one game, something like that. But uh, it's good to have those options to go to behind the plate and also from a pinch hitting role as well. Scott Rogers joining us. Scott, uh, before we look ahead, let's uh, talk about your work so far. Craig says, congrats, Scooter, on your first uh, series on the mic, first win on the mic. He says, what is your self-evaluation of your performance so far? I'm always going to grade myself worse than what people always say, probably. But uh, I will say, Friday, I was nervous. I was very nervous going into Friday, and uh, I was I was much more comfortable behind the mic uh, Saturday and Sunday this past weekend. Uh, and even Coach O said that. He said, I thought you were much more comfortable on Saturday. But uh, 
I'm glad everybody's happy. I'm glad nobody wants to fire me after one week. So, uh, but uh, excited to get to Chapel Hill this weekend. Looking forward to Boschmer Stadium. It's one of my favorite places to go as a fan. Um, but looking to get a different view this weekend. And uh, we had another shout out to you from Greg. He says, Scott, doing great, buddy. So uh, if you have praises or if you'd like to critique Scooter, feel free to do so absolutely <laughs> uh scott so looking at north carolina so far this year again small sample size one thing that stands out to me uh, well i guess you could say their offense too but they've allowed seven runs in four games uh 14 to 3 19 nothing 7 to 3 and then a 5-1 win over elon on tuesday so yeah, you hope these pirate bats get going because it looks like they're about to face some good pitching. Yeah, I got a, uh, have a good friend that goes to the UNC, and I asked him because he's a big UNC baseball fan, and he said, you know, hitting looked good this weekend, but it was hard to tell with Seton Hall. But he said one of the concerns that he had coming into the year was pitching. Um, but I definitely don't think that showed this weekend against Seton Hall. So no offense to him, him, him and his scouting. But uh, but looking at their stats, I was looking at some this morning. I think every single one of their starters went at least five innings this weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens from the Tar Heels this weekend. And we'll see NC State later on in the year. But you want to talk about some offense, uh, Scooter. Their numbers uh, have been pretty incredible through four games they have scored 24 6 7 and then put up 18 last night against high point now i don't know how good of pitching high point and evansville have i imagine not the best in the world but uh they are scoring runs in bunches to start this season they are i can't remember the guy's name but i think he's hit five or six home runs already this year um which is is almost an unheard of this time of year but uh you know, that's definitely a game that both teams will be amped up for, um, even though state fans probably don't want to admit it sometimes. But uh, looking forward to the Wolfpack making the trip to Greenville this year. Also looking forward to the trip to Raleigh. But, uh, you know, that's a long ways away for a long season for East Carolina. And, uh, Scooter, well, part of being the, the voice of ECU baseball, you get to, to watch some great games in some great places. You mentioned Boschmer coming up. You'll be uh, in Durham for the game against Duke coming up next week. And then a great field for the Claire Classic. So it's all like I mean it hits you in a hurry. You got to be ready to play good baseball early for ECU cuz this schedule uh is going to be a bear throughout the non-conference. It is. And you know, we were talking on the way back. It was me, Coach O and Malcolm last night and uh Coach O, you know, being the baseball encyclopedia that he is, you know, he said don't watch out for that Indiana team. Indiana State team and don't watch out for that uh St. Mary's team. He said those are two good programs that would probably be coming in under the radar for pirate fans um but you know coach godwin mentioned that before the season he said this is probably one of the toughest schedules that he's ever put together as coach here sky rogers joining us scooter uh, how about on the broadcast side uh we talked about this with you last week you said you wanted to keep it rolling something Corey did is to kind of interact with the audience i saw a ton on twitter of people uh tweeting you and telling you where they were listening from so uh how much did you enjoy that side of it the first few games i enjoyed it you know i wanted like i said i wanted to keep that going um this year and uh it's cool to see you know where all people are, wa- are listening from or with it being home games on espn plus some t- most of the time we're going to be in the background on those feeds or wherever you're listening or watching from too 
But I think we had someone listening from Guam at one point this weekend. There was someone in Costa Rica watching. Uh, I think we had two or three people out in Colorado watching. So uh, it's cool to see how far people are away from you that are listening or watching the game. Did your uh, interviews with Cliff go okay after a few losses? They did. All right, um, good. Everything went good there. Um, that's it's, it's still, you know, it's... You know, I'm still kind of in a dream world. You know, get, 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 <laughs> That's cool, there. right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, just a year ago, you know, I would have been petrified to be able to shake hands with Coach Godwin, and now I'm getting ready to I get to talk to him before every single game. And uh, like I said, it's almost like a dream come true for me. And now, uh, before every conversation, Scooter say, I don't want to shake your hand. <laughs> I want to shake your hand. Give it to me, Shirley. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to that is real audio from Scooter and Cliff Gowen, uh <laughs> before the game on uh, Sunday. All right, Scooter, so we got uh, some road games coming up with North Carolina and then back home Sunday. Uh, should be a fun one, a later start for a Sunday game, 4 o'clock, so should allow for a great crowd. I know Pirate fans are, you talked about Boshmer being one of the, the favorite places you go as a road fan. going to be a lot of purple, I would imagine, in the seats coming up Friday and Saturday. I have talked to a bunch of people that said they're going to both games this weekend. Uh, I think I believe we almost averaged almost 4,000 people this weekend here for home games, and uh, I expect at least half of that in Chapel Hill this weekend, if not all of that. Um, you know, we always travel well to those games. There was a good crowd last night at Campbell. Uh, always kind of hard to tell at Campbell. They have a smaller grandstand. Um, but there was still a good contingent of purple and gold there last night. Scooter, uh, looking at some other things going on in the sports world, I believe I saw J.H. Rose out, uh, both boys and girls, losing last night. They did. Girls lost the Union's, Union Pines, and the boys lost a uh, tough one to Swansboro last night, so their seasons have completed for basketball this year. That's okay, because Conley will gladly carry the Pitt County banner further along in the playoffs. Sure. <laughs> We're all friends here, Scooter, right? That's right. Remember that time I lost a bet to you and had to wear Rose stuff? You had to do a video. Yeah, I did a video, and I was talking about how great Rose was, and that wasn't fun. <laughs> and now, by the way, what sport was it where I said, hey, let's let's uh, let's run it back? And you get, and you said no. It was baseball. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll own up to it. I didn't <laughs> take the bet. <laughs> we got we to gotta get back, uh, get that thing back going. Maybe with football later this uh, this fall. I don't Absolutely. know if I want to do that one, honestly. <laughs> I need to talk to Nate Connor first, and I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, are you following – there's like multi-layers of drama in Major League Baseball. First of all, will it be played at all? But as Braves fans, what is this like – this current going right now of freddie freeman potentially not returning it sounds like it's leaning that way that's what i've been reading and it is honestly pissing me off a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i got my head in the sand my fingers in my ears saying i can't hear you i don't want to believe it but it it appears it's trending that way and i don't know who's putting this out or what because when one person puts a story out it just everybody jumps on it but did not look positive anyway last thing i saw no and you know whatever happens there happens but it's i'm just ready for major league baseball to come back i'm ready for everybody to get along sorts to say come up with an agreement on this collective bargaining deal and just ready for baseball to return very strange we, we talked to the minor league guys most recently evan krasinski joined us yesterday on the show and he's heading to florida for spring training so it's like business as usual he said he's using a line from cliff godwin and controlling what he can control and uh and all he can do is get ready for his season and as far as what's happening above him he hopes they figure it out because we could see Cruz, burley any of those guys 
uh landing with the the big team there with the cardinals but for those guys it sounds like they're gonna have a minor league season down east wood ducks are gonna play whether or not the the big boys play or not right you know i joked with someone or someone asked me they said can't they just option all the major league guys down to the minors and let them play maybe this year <laughs> uh but it's like you said you know it sounds like the minor league guys are going to have pretty much a normal year they're not going to be affected much by this at all um you mentioned evan krasinski already down there for spring training gavin williams and uh seth cadell tweeted at us this past weekend said they were listening from arizona so nice. i assume they're down for spring training already as well good stuff scott rogers joining us scooter uh let's see north carolina coming up you talked about them a little bit but uh what's it going to take for the pirates to get some wins uh, against north carolina this weekend i think uh you know hitting the ball obviously uh staying up with their offense pitching the ball well um like we talked about carolina's put up some numbers so far this year but uh i think once the pirates get rolling offensively they're going to be the east carolina team that we thought they were going to be this year um, you know, the pitching wise, as we said, pitching they've been fine this year. Um, but once that offense really comes around, I think this East Carolina team is going to be really good. I guess we're still expecting Sailor, Coochmaner, Hunter for the weekend. I would say so. I have not heard anything different, um, but I would assume it's going to be those same three guys once again. Good deal, Scooter. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate your time and uh, have a great call this weekend. Thank you, Clip. All right, Scott Rogers joining us. You going to be a Minchies tonight? I am putting the points on the board as a school board operator tonight. Pirates are six and a half point favorites against the conference opponent, Scooter. I don't know if that's ever happened before. It, nothing comes across my mind recently. <laughs> so let's get a win tonight and, uh, and and get this thing rolling as we wrap up the regular season. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you. We'll talk to Amanda Moore, head coach of the ECU women's lacrosse team. They are 3-0. Off to a good start this year. We'll talk about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, You work hard for your money, and at Carolina Wealth Management, we believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip Brock. All righty. Talk to a couple of voices here on the show already. Jeff Charles being on the call tonight. East Carolina taking on USF. 7 o'clock tip-off time in Minji's. Pirates are a home favorite tonight. Also, Scott Rogers, baseball voice of the Pirates. He'll be back on the call Friday when the Pirates begin their three-game series with North Carolina. We will now switch gears and uh, talk about another Pirate team that is having success about 3-0 and start to the season for the women's lacrosse team. Amanda Moore is their head coach, and she joins us now on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Coach Moore, we appreciate your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing close. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, man, coming off a great weekend, two wins at home uh, against Winthrop and Presbyterian, and that makes it 3-0 and to start the season, uh, the best start for your program that you took over from scratch. So, Coach, not just wins, but convincing wins, 17-7 to and 20-3 to over the weekend. So uh, you got to be pleased with the way the season has uh, gotten off to a start. Yeah, you know, really pleased. Like you said, we, 
off to a strong start, three and zero. Only thing better would be going four and zero. And that is the goal now as uh, George Mason next up on the road coming up on Friday, February 25th. And then the Pirates will be at Duke coming up on Monday. So, Coach, you take over and you build a program from scratch. You knew you'd take your lumps, but you'd also, I'm sure, set goals for where you would be three, four, five years down the road. So where you are today, can can you look back all the way, you know, all those years ago and, and look at where you are today? Are you where you want to be? Or are you maybe ahead of where you wanted to be at that time? You know, I think we're on our way. Um, you know, certainly like you said, you set goals when you start a program of where you want to be, say, in three and five years. And then um, we had a pandemic in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> um you know, so I think back to, like, our 2019 season, it was a really similar feeling. You know, we were off to a really strong start. You know, we had a ton of belief. We had, you know, a lot of young players really kind of learning and, and growing really at a rapid pace and playing well together. Um, you know, and then having our season kind of come to an abrupt end, like all of us did. Um, and then kind of battling last season um, through the pandemic and all of, um, you know, the challenges that that brought with, you know, personnel in and out at each game and, you know, a schedule that wasn't necessarily of our own making um, and a lack of fall ball and training. It just um, you know, it feels like now kind of a, a long time coming and that we're, we're on our way to where we want to be. And you're able to go through recruiting cycles and, and get older players and, and more experienced players on the field and on the team. And, and looking at it, you, you still have a lot of freshmen and, and sophomores on this team, but I see seniors, I see graduate seniors, so you're able to finally uh, go through those cycles and get some experience, and uh, I'm sure that's paid off for you here to start this season. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, you're right. You look at our roster, and you can't really say we're, we're a veteran team, but you can't really say we're a young team either. We've got con- contributions coming in from each of our classes, you know, all, all five classes. Uh, I should say, and, you know, the three graduate seniors we have here, um, Jordan Cox, Nicole Agar, and Sam Caputo, um, they've all been here since day one, um, so when we first started the program. So a little little extra special for them to see us starting off with this kind of success. But, um, you know, to, to the point you made earlier, you know, just about some of the decided wins that we've had, um, I think that's a reflection of the leadership we have on the team. You know, um, you know the contributions we've had on offense, you know, we're, we're playing a really balanced attack, you know, both 1v1 threats and feeding threats. And we've been extremely disciplined defensively to not give up, you know, some of the easy goals that you see younger or more experienced teams do. And I think that that's in large part due to the leadership we have on the field, um, you know, amongst the players on the field. Amanda Moore joining us, head coach for ECU Women's uh, Lacrosse. And coach, what about recruiting when it comes to lacrosse? Because I've talked to, you know, Jason Hamilton before he left the women's soccer coach, and he talks about how they recruit at the, the tournaments and the, the club teams, almost more so than high schools at this point. And for basketball, football, baseball, everything is different. How about lacrosse? Are you recruiting the high schools? Are there club teams out there? Is, is it a mix of that? Uh, what about the players you recruit here? You know, I would say 99% of our recruiting is out of the club system. Um, you know, so probably similar, very similar to the high, uh, the high school soccer scene. Um, you know, there may be players from just kind of parentally dominant high school programs that maybe they aren't on a club team, but that is very rarely the case in our sport. You know, for us, recruiting is, is primarily done in the summer and three weekends in November. Um, we're on the road. Um, June, July, and November, and, you know, we're canvassing those club tournaments. 
How about the transfer portal? I guess it's open for everyone. Does that include uh, lacrosse players? Have you uh, gone inside the uh, the transfer portal to to find any players? You know, we um, we have been approached by transfer players. We actually have two on our roster right now. Um, Maddie Kircher transferring in from Rutgers and Liz Wilson um, on our roster. So we have a defender and attacker um, from the University of Richmond um, who are both outstanding for us, great teammates, um, you know, contributors on the field and in practice, um, and just good good culture kids for us as well. Not It's not our first look. You know, we prefer to kind of develop our, our, our players more organically from freshmen through um, seniors, but it's like we tell our players, you know, not everybody finds their fit the first time, you know, so it's not something we're against. Amanda Moore joining us, and, and every year we take a look at the schedule and have to remind ourselves that it's not a traditional AAC uh, slate that we see in other sports where you know Vanderbilt's in, Florida's in, and you get a, a couple of teams that are normally uh, in those other sports in the AAC. So how about the, the conference uh, this year, Coach, and uh, who's the team to beat for you? Yeah, so, you know, the conference, like you said, Vanderbilt, Florida, Temple, all of those three teams are right now in the top 20, Cliff. So, you know, in terms of strength of our conference, it has never been stronger. We sent three teams to the NCAA tournament last year, and I know that that, um, you know, that would be a goal of our program is, is to be in that hunt as well. Right now, though, Florida, Florida's the top dog. Um, they've got, I think, depending on the poll, a number five through seven ranking nationally, um, and they are going to be our last game of the year. And I'm looking at the schedule. I see Johns Hop- uh, Hopkins on it, and, and I'm not going to pretend to be a lacrosse buff coach, but one thing I do know is that name in the sport of lacrosse. And uh, it looks like that goes for men's and women's. How about you know? How about getting them on the schedule? That's, uh, that's a powerhouse right there, right? Yeah, just a huge, huge win for our scheduling um, just because to Johns Hopkins, for anybody that doesn't know, it's in, it's in the heart of Baltimore, which is really kind of in the heart of the lacrosse recruiting area for us. And, you know, right now with them also being a top 25 program, it's a, it's a big one. Big one we've got circled. I mean, you know, every the next game is always your biggest game, um, but excited because we also have so many girls on our roster sure, that are from that mid-Atlantic area. So I know we'll have a, have a big falling. Hopefully any uh, Pirate fans in that area will also come out and support. Talking to Amanda Moore and Coach, right now uh, your team has scored 50 goals in three games, allowing just 14 goals. So uh, who, uh, who's who been getting it done for you? Who are the players that have been standing out here early in the season for, uh, for this 3-0 and start? Well, I mean, when you say 50 goals, it kind of feels like who hasn't been, man. <laughs> um, it's, it's, and it's and, you know, and points, too. You know, like we said, balanced attack. We've got a lot of people that are really, you know, kind of unselfishly dodging with their heads up with the ability to feed the middle. Um, you know, I think – Right now being led by um, Meg Trinisky on attack and Caroline Kimmel on attack and Nicole Lagar um, as, you know, that fifth-year midfielder. She's kind of doing a lot for us. Um, and freshman contributing Leah Bestiny, uh, AAC Rookie of the Week. Great stuff there. Amanda Moore joining us. You can watch the game coming up Friday if you don't make the trip to Fairfax, Virginia on ESPN+. Plus. That'll be Friday coming up at four o'clock uh next home game coming up uh march 12th so you're away from home uh for a while here coach oh yeah i got we got a four <laughs> game four game uh road road series here um that we're, that we're prepping for uh which will be a good test for us and our focus well amanda uh, keep up the great work three and oh start for this team and uh folks can get out there and check them out later on uh this spring they're back home uh coming up march with two games that week saturday against niagara and then davidson coming up wednesday march 16th and then 
uh, after that, uh, get into conference play. So uh, a lot of exciting lacrosse coming up. Coach, uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk to you again down the road. We appreciate your time today. Appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Amanda Moore joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Her lacrosse team at East Carolina is off to a 3-0 and start. Looking around at um, what the other teams are doing on campus right now on our Bud Light ECU report. The Wink had a winning weekend. ECU softball uh, went 3-2 and over the weekend and uh, won their last one against Wagner. They are now 4-6 and on the year. And yeah, there's only been two weekends, but they've played a whole lot of games. Four and six as they get ready for the Pirate Invitational, which will get underway this Friday. East Carolina plays their first game Friday at three, and they'll play uh, Friday after that uh, against Fairleigh Dickinson. They'll open up with Villanova coming up Friday at three o'clock. So uh, four and six. The baseball team, of course, one and three after knocking off Campbell yesterday. Back in action against North Carolina. Next home game coming up on sunday joe dooley's pirates are home tonight just three games left in the regular season they got usf tonight they're favored in that one if they win tonight they'll probably be favored against tulsa coming up saturday at four o'clock and then we'll finish out the regular season on the road the following saturday at wichita state then it's off to the aac tournament couple of home games coming up as well for the women's basketball team, we talked to Kim McNeil on yesterday's program. They have won three out of four. They have Tulsa coming up on Thursday night at 6 o'clock. And then a tough one against USF. USF right there at the top of the league with Central Florida. Uh, USF normally an at-large team could be again this year uh, when it comes to the tournament. So uh, that'll be a good one coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. And then they will play their final regular season game on the road at Memphis coming up next Wednesday at 8 p.m. before they uh, go off to the AAC tournament. So that's what's going on with ECU Athletics on our Bud Light ECU report. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you here on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We've got Bryce Williams joining us in hour three of today's show. If you want to jump into our Pirate Radio raffle, there is still time. All you have to do is jump on our Facebook live feed and type in a number between 1 and 100. We're going to do a drawing coming up in hour number three, and the winner will win a lunch for two to tiebreakers. So uh, some great food and uh, a lot of great sports viewing there at tiebreakers. Pirates and USF tonight, the first time these two teams met, which was less than a week ago, I loved the under. Talked about it on the show. And uh, sure enough, the under hit. The South Florida and East Carolina love to play ugly rock fight basketball games. Uh, right now I'm looking at it, and the total for tonight's game is 129. Chandler, you are you... Uh, 
sometimes I, i'm a little nervous about lightning striking twice uh-huh but uh but you like the under tonight yeah uh, i think in the last game the uh the over under on the total of that game was like 126 and a half and i want to say that that uh total was 122 at the end of that game so uh, I took the under uh, in this game at 128 and a half. So now it's gone up a half a point to 129. Mm. So that's a little <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I still like it. I still like it under 128 and a half. I want to feel completely 100% confident on ECU basketball. And that is just an impossible feeling to have, to be honest with you. Uh, also, could usf catch lightning in a bottle didn't they beat no. they didn't they win at ucf i'm looking at their schedule now uh they won 75 they won by 24 and it was at home to ucf uh they also knocked off temple 52 to 49 that was at home so this team away from home has not won a game since they went out to hawaii they had a nice little vacay, and uh, they won seventy nine to sixty nine earlier this year at Hawaii, and that Chandler is their only road win of the year. So they have not been good away from home. Interesting. And w- if the Pirates win the night, will it be the first win since the second row game? Uh, me and you were there at the UCF debacle. The UCF. Well, it'll uh, be the first win since the Memphis game. Not yeah, that's what I meant since the memphis game since the brandon suggs game winner it started against ucf yeah the downfall did when brandon suggs left with an injury uh yeah that's right the second row game the uh feet on the platform game feet on the platform and uh the pirates collapsed in that game and haven't done good at home since then can they turn it around tonight we shall see <laughs> it's been it's been it's been over a month since the pirates have won a game at Menji's coliseum kind of hard to believe but their last home win came saturday january 15th and it seems like a month ago we were talking about being 10 10 and 0 at home in Menji's. yeah and you were like freaking out i was nervous i was like i didn't like that i know but i think we need to have a discussion on jinxes like i feel we like have like a come to jesus jinx meeting <laughs> yes i and and maybe maybe i'm wrong because since then you've been right they have not won a home game since then but like just stating that you're you're 10 and 0 at home is a fact it's not saying we're gonna if you said we're gonna go undefeated at home the rest of the year that would be a jinx yeah once again i'm going to bring this up it happens all the time say in nfl games when kickers are 26 for 26 from beyond 45 yards that's totally different up at 48 yards and they miss the kick that's totally different that is a that's like a spur of the moment they're stating a fact he's 26 26 from beyond 45 yards yeah but that is and people get mad at announcers for that and they should that is spur of the moment that is free throws field goals things like that those are jinxes in fact i heard an announcer last night say and smith is well i'll i'll hold off a moment and then he made the free throw and he said i was gonna say he's made 16 in a row but i didn't want to jinx him perfect good for him but that is like right there in the moment that is not like three days before a game 
putting out something on social media saying they did it the day of the game <laughs> okay all they, right they did it the day of the game clipper fine so should i say east carolina has lost three straight home games four straight home games should i put that out right I now no why not that would be a reverse jinx because we've already talked about it here on the show so what does that mean the statute not of limitations good. are up not good What's not good? We're saying they can't win at home now. That's what you want, right? I mean, yeah. How about we just not mention it at all? <laughs> Should we just not talk about sports anymore? No. Done. Well, y'all idiots don't read books. Idiots? 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 What else do you want to talk about? No, we can talk about the game, because I really feel good about this uh, this game tonight. Yeah, I... Mm. Anytime you ever get even a little bit confident about EC basketball, <laughs> something bad happens. Bleep hits the fan. <laughs> so I'm a little worried about it, but looking forward to it tonight. If you can't be at Menchie's, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, same can be said for Saturday's game. And then we made it to the U, Chandler, as uh, we'll be on the U coming up Saturday, March 5th, when East Carolina takes on Wichita State. Speaking of the U... Last night Is I had I, I had Miami and my other one was oh the Bonnies Doy the Bonnies are a freight train right now folks like playtime's over so the Bonnies are a second half season team six in a row six in a row covering and they are going to steamroll their way back into the NCAA tournament. They might have to win the Atlantic 10 tournament to do it, but right now I have no doubt in my mind they will get that done. So just watch out for them. That's all I'm saying. But I had, And Chandler has a big future on the Miami Hurricanes, which kind of stems back to last year's ACC tournament where we rode them three we straight had days. A ball. And it was just fun. It was so fun. We didn't know a dang thing about Miami basketball other than Jim Laranega as their coach. And they were underdogs, and they won two outright. Well, it, it actually started on that first day. Hey, let's just let's take Miami. It's like a Tuesday and, ACC tournament. Nothing's going on. Let, let's take Miami. Yeah, they win. I, 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 they win, and then the next day, it's like a lot of betters do. They ask the question: Should we take them again? They're big underdogs. Damn again. right. Yeah. Why not? They win again. They win again. Should we, we got to right. Then after that second win, you quit. All right, we got to take them, right? Two in a row, we got to take them. That's what we did. Took them again. They did not win the game, but they covered. They covered. So we had a fun three-day stretch with Miami. So this year, uh, Chandler, it's been like a couple months now. Got the odds at a good time, too. Took Miami to win the ACC tournament. That was before a, their big wins. At a huge them. number. And uh, so now we have a major rooting interest for the ACC tournament. Last night, they destroyed Pitt. They were up by like 30 at one point in that game. And with the Bonnies getting hot, uh, kudos to Robert Matthews for getting you a new shirt just yeah. in time for this Bonnies, uh, this Bonnies run. I'll have to wear that. Uh, I'll rock it maybe Friday. They'll probably play again on Friday. So I'll rock my new uh, Bonnie shirt. So, uh, yeah, some uh, I watched a lot of college hoops last night. Fun night of college basketball. I'll be watching uh, East Carolina tonight. Looking around the American tonight on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Uh, Houston at Tulane. Guess the line in that one, Chandler, if you hadn't already seen it. Houston, Tulane. I'm going to go uh, 
Houston minus 12. Well, nine and a half. And yeah, they'll probably win. But hey, that environment's going to be great tonight. I want to at least see that a little bit. Uh, yeah. After uh, that's a 8 p.m. start time. So we'll be able to watch the second half of that after the ECU game. Tulsa at SMU. SMU is in must, must, must win right now. They're big favorites tonight at home against Tulsa. Cincinnati will be at UCF. And then coming up Thursday night, Temple at Memphis. Memphis is in must-win mode. Although we talked about it when they do yesterday, the the Lenardi and these bracket folks love some Memphis. Is it just their name? Is it, you know, because they're healthy now? I don't know, but uh, Lenardi has, Joe Lenardi, Joey Brackets has Memphis in, has SMU, uh, his first team out of the field of 68. And I'm going to mention this every freaking year. I saw it brought up by John Rothstein on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be talking about it when the selections are made. Why are we still putting automatic qualifiers in the first four? Why are teams that win their conference tournament having to play in these stupid play-in games? Put the bubble teams in there that did not win their conference tournament playing in those games in Dayton. It's not fair for a team to play all year, win their conference tournament, earn their way into the NCAA tournament, and have to go play on a Tuesday night in Dayton. Do we not agree? I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I I think it's stupid. It is stupid. And I don't know why this is still a thing. It's it's almost like they tried to sneak it under everybody, but now everybody we're talking about it. We got to get these 16 seeds, these 15 seeds, into Thursday, Friday play. They might get beat by 40, but who cares? They deserve to be there. They do not deserve to be beating up on each other on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Right now, Lenardi would have the first four. How about this? Penny Hardaway and Jawan Howard throwing hands after the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Memphis and Michigan. And then he has Indiana, San Diego State as his other teams that would be in the first four right now. The number one seeds would be Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and Auburn. I don't know if Auburn's going to make it. That SEC tournament is going to be wild. Like I said, I love, uh, love Arkansas. They have trouble scoring at times, but they are locked down on defense, tough as nails. Love Arkansas. My team's right now. Yeah, I saw you tweet about Arkansas last night. So I was tough, impressed. Yeah, Tough son of a gun. They are, man. I was impressed with them last night. I like Kansas a lot. I had Gonzaga last year. I, I was super confident they were going to win it all last year. I don't know if I go back to that well this year. I think I might have another team on that final line. And right now I'm looking at the potential of a, a Kansas. I, I don't know. I kind of want to go outside the box. So. I don't know. I'm enjoying this run, though, to the conference tournament, which will begin in a couple of weeks. And then, of course, uh, the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, Pirate Radio will be your home for the NCAA tournament. And it's uh, really fun to tune into because we have live break-ins. At times, it's almost like a red zone. They'll jump game to game. So that Thursday and Friday of uh, the round of 64, we'll have the games for you right here on Pirate Radio. Sweet. And uh, we got a watch along coming up in a couple weeks as well. AAC as, tournament time. As Chandler and I, in fact, Chandler. In fact, fact, fact. Two weeks from tomorrow will be our ECU 
AAC tournament watch along. Sweet. Two weeks away. In Dickey's Arena. In the the I'm not gonna call it the big the big D. The big D. Yeah. Uh man, we'll, we'll be ready for some uh some postseason basketball. We were excited about it last year, and then of course the Pirates could not even knock down a three until the second. <laughs> yeah, it's probably gonna be ugly. Sorry that we uh made that a prop. But uh, could Vance Jackson get hot? Could Brandon Suggs take eight charges? You never know. That would be fun, right? It would be a freaking blast, and we'll be with you for that. And the Pirates have a chance to start that uh, that momentum tonight in Menji's Coliseum against USF. It all starts tonight, 7 o'clock. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Bryce Williams joins us for Hour 3. We'll reset ECU baseball, talk more about the Pirates' win against Campbell. Garrett McGinn has a new team. We'll talk to him about it on Thursday's edition of PRL, but we'll talk to Bryce about the USFL and some of these guys getting an opportunity to play some professional football. Gary McGinn, one of those guys. We'll discuss that and uh, go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce Williams. Hour three on tab. We'll also have our drawing for our raffle winner. So it's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live here on a beautiful Wednesday. I say beautiful. Good weather. bit overcast, but... Uh, Bryce Williams has the arms exposed today because it's nice oh, yeah. and uh, nice outside, Bryce. And as a outdoorsman like yourself, uh, you're on board with that, right? Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, I enjoy the cooler temperatures um, when it's fitting, but uh, these right here, I can't complain about. Like, I like the temperatures to go along with the seasons. Oh yeah. Um, so it's a little weird to have you know, you know, be sweating in February. But or late February, but you know what? I'll take it. I hear you there. You'd like to, if it's if it's supposed to be one way, let's have it that way. Exactly. Like and white Christmases are supposed to always happen. Yeah, but I've never had. I'm dreaming of one. That's right. Like the one I used to know, <laughs> but they don't happen, Bryce. I know. All right, Bryce. Uh, let's uh, let's reset here. We're gonna do our drawing coming up in a moment. So uh, if you're in, you're in. If not, uh, try us next week. But we have a ton of people in. Bryce, uh, let's see. We got Jeff and Josh getting in at the last minute here with their numbers. We'll do our drawing for our lunch for two. A tiebreaker's coming up in a moment. Also, Bryce, uh, ECU baseball picking up their first win of the year. Mm -hmm. Last night, much needed after a shocking three-game sweep by Bryant over the weekend. Uh, But the Pirates winning last night 10-3. to And, Bryce, I know you're not a, uh, a baseball aficionado, but you probably knew that they shouldn't have lost three to Bryant to start the year. Yeah, uh, who, and one of my buddies at the gym actually he 
recently he played back a few years ago but uh I was you want to give a name or leave him? Uh, well, well, he played for like a year and then transferred. But uh, Drew Pistoric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he goes to the gym, same gym I go to, and uh, at times we're workout partners. But uh, yes. Yeah, so who's Bryant? And he said, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> hey, to be fair, they are a good team. Where uh, are they? Like, what's the? They are there? in New Jersey. I'm getting there, CJ. You go through New Jersey, keep going to get to rhode island which is where they are thank you cj rhode uh, island rhode island wow how do they even fit a school in rhode island exactly. it's tiny i know bryce wow. how many of the 50 states have you uh been to you gonna ask, oh god that's a great how question how long do i have to answer that <laughs> uh, I don't, well i know for sure you've been to washington well i know I, your football teams right i could probably yeah i could probably go real washington quick. zona washington california zona uh florida louisiana alabama georgia south carolina obviously west by god virginia west virginia been to wyoming um been you to, seen uh, shane in idaho i've been to idaho i didn't see shane but i've been to idaho um been to michigan um I've been to you know, Texas, you're Oklahoma. Right. You know, football's allowed me to go. I guess what's it count? Oh, are you thinking of like road opponents now too? Road I op- forgot about that. Road yeah. opponents. Um, visiting, you know, probably is a little more narrow of a uh, number, but uh, I've covered a lot of them. I think. I mean, well, have you I been to Hawaii. the islands of Hawaii or to the uh, the cold plains of Alaska? I've not. No. Okay, I haven't made it that far any uh any interest in maybe like a, is there good hunting in alaska oh goodness yeah, would yeah. alaska so. would be that's a whole different world out there um but yes very you know very good hunting i mean you're out there in the middle of nowhere um of course you got you know grizzly bears and what caribou and oh yeah. moose i think or i mean it's it's unreal out there the you know, big horn sheep i went to maine once there. bryce they have uh, a moose population up there in maine oh yeah i've seen that which is kind yeah. of funny you think maine would be more of a i mean a moose would be more just a west north uh northwest thing no they got them there uh faux show can you hunt them uh that i do not know i did not pull out a gun during my trip to maine i did uh on my last on my a trip to new jersey went to a gun range oh nice. i'm not much of a marksman bryce right hey but uh need you to teach me i'll teach you we got like a million things we need to do with bryce and we never do it and you know what that's because we let life pass us by right we talk about these ideas these things we want to do you do it in your normal lives out there i know and then you just sit back and never do them and then two three five ten years go down the road and you say you know what i never did squat i know it is, t- it is man it's so easy to say hey we're gonna get up together we're gonna do this yeah. and like you said you get caught up in your daily routine the weekend comes some something others something else has came up it's that like, routine can get you man you just really are does. always focused on what mm-hmm. you're doing and you kind of forget and and here's my challenge to the listener today yeah that thing you've been saying you're gonna do mm-hmm. that friend you've been saying you're gonna get up with you're gonna do hey. lunch you're gonna do a trip yeah do it that's right give them a call you know even the calls i even think about calls it's like I mean, five, ten minutes. You know, how much time do I waste just scrolling through Instagram? Oh my god, longer than ten minutes. I could have made. I could have called a buddy. Even my my nonchalant weekly text to Bryce on Wednesdays. Why can't I call the man? Right. And say, you know what? 
I don't want to know if you're coming in today. I want to know how you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> it is. We've had some good uh, out uh, the out of business convos. A little, of course, it's been during football games, but yeah, those are always enjoyable. So there you go, folks. There's our list. Now I need to incorporate that into my life instead of just getting bogged down with work and then go home see the fam. And you know what? Yeah. Life is precious. That's it all I say. And short. Man, we got deep on the show oh, today. That's great. I hope I hope they're listening. <laughs> nice deep start to the program. We changed somebody's yeah today. Somebody said, you know what? Dang it, these guys, these knuckleheads uh, are making some sense right mm-hmm. now uh bryce how about this we got a a pirate football player who used to play that is now going to be playing professional football do you know what i'm referring to i think you're doing the usf the usfl uh had their draft now this was a draft where they went round by round where you can draft a position so the first round you draft a quarterback second round tackle third da 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 and last night uh once it got to the offensive line round we saw Garrett McGinn get selected, uh, selected as a tackle, fifth round, sixth pick of the USFL draft. He is going to New Jersey, the New Jersey Generals, mm. and uh, we'll talk to Big Garrett coming up on Thursday, but he is uh, a guy that has been involved with the Panthers organization. He played for the Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. He was on the sideline, yeah. I, I want to say he got in. Well, he was also with the Jaguars because uh, he was with his old buddy Minshew yeah. down there in Jacksonville. I know he got some preseason action for the Panthers. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now, and and I want to ask him, Bryce, because I was I saw that there was going to be a draft, and I was like, all right, I'd love to see the draft pool for this. Are there any yeah. Pirates? But all I read was it's a case where players had signed a contract with the league which then made them draft eligible. Mm. So I think you like pre-sign saying I'm going to play in the USFL and then it's up to the up for the teams to draft you. So we'll get all the the ins and outs with Garrett when we talk to him tomorrow. But this is pretty cool uh, opportunity for him to continue his football career and you never know uh who gets on film. We were talking about uh John Wofford last week or a week or yeah. two ago, right? Oh, yeah. He That's was crazy. uh on your AAF team yeah. and now has a Super Bowl ring uh nice. there with the Rams. So <laughs> yeah. this is uh this is cool stuff for Garrett. Yeah, most definitely. Um I'm anxious to see how USFL does. Hopefully it does way better than the AAF. Um, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, we're we we hope it it goes and and runs like a well oiled machine. But if we judge by past instances of this leagues, these leagues like this, oh yeah, oh dear. It might I mean, not. you wouldn't believe the hype and the promises that the AAF was. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be unreal. We're going to be competing with NFL, but in spring, and it just be just as good and. You saw it out. Charlie, do you have my AAF song? Um, so, Bryce, we – it was kind of a joke, but we were like, we miss football. We really want to be into something. And on Fridays, Tony Dunn and I really said, we're going to get behind the AAF. I'm going to pick my team. I'm a Hot Shots guy because Bryce is there. Yeah. <laughs> and do, do you find it, Shirley? It's in the uh, sports bar folder oh, somewhere. So we made like a song. We uh, we had to rise for the song. We played it every Friday. We recapped the games, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Before <laughs> I want I want you to get both versions of the song because we're gonna we'll play the first one first. This is the one when okay, everything got, was going good. I got both of them now. All right, play that first one first. Okay, the first one. Yes. 
It's the Alliance of American Football, a sport where real men play. The Alliance of American Football, football is here to stay. It's the Alliance of American Football, bald eagles, stars and stripes. The Alliance of American Football. Play to win, don't give up the fight. All right, so Bryce, we play that every Friday. We talk about the games, what's coming up this weekend, all that. Now, Shirley, play. Uh, this is when the league folded. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Alliance of American Football gone, but we will never forget. It's the of American football, Tom Dundon, Kenny. Ch- uh, forget about that every time. American At least you bleeped football. it. Why did you do this to me? The Alliance of <laughs> I don't want to live in this world. So yeah, took a toll on me, Bryce. I gave it my all. I said I'm going to be into this thing. I'm going to follow it, watch it, support it. I'm going to get some gear. And then what do they do? Well, hell, Bryce. We were kind of joking about this. This was uh, not funny to you, uh, the way uh, it ended. But man, uh, it was done before they could even get a championship. I know they folded like you do toilet paper. Folded like what? Like you do toilet paper. Yeah. Okay. How do you? How do you fold it? You fold it. You fold, okay, to kind of get a yeah. quadruple ply to get going. ready to wipe the, the that they daggum did. Started sound like Wes over here. Now. Crap. Um, so yeah, and Bryce, you've never really gone into how that went for you. It's kind of yeah. a touchy subject, right? Well, I mean, it's it was for me. You know, I mean, it was clear favoritism by, by all means. You know, it was the big uh, another pack ten. What's um like oh uh. Oregon State, Pac-12. Pac, it's like more of like a pack because it didn't where like you did school, like where you went to school or your last NFL team. Well, mine was Arizona, uh. um, and so it was like kind of that little Pac-12 little niche. And you know, I'm all the way from ECU, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. I mean, I can definitely expound on it because I don't give a turd now. But uh, yeah, I mean, here it goes, and you know, most of the time, you know, so it's like you see, obviously, our head coach. Was uh Rick Newhouse Newhouse? Oh um, yeah, you know, and he, he had he, been at Washington, right? Previously, uh, Colorado. Where was he? Where was he? But he was UCLA. Oh okay, um, well, Pac twelve. Yeah. Another our tight ends coach was UCLA. Had some tight ends, one from UCLA, but all like the Pac twelve thing, right? And uh, and like I said, I'm not one to boast, but without a doubt, like during the film, we had one guy get hurt. Um, and most of the time you get hurt during training camp, you typically, you know, kind of lose your spot and ranking, right? In in either um, next man up, next man up, yada yada yada. Well, by all means, I was next man up, and I'm making. I mean, I'm balling because he was hurt. I was making plays. T- I mean, clearly outperforming everyone, right? I mean, the whole time without. And I wouldn't say that the film didn't prove it, but um, film proved it. And you know, I'm thinking, you know, cool deal. I'm doing well, and. Uh, you know, the season starts, and, um, you know, so then they had this rule where only X amount of guys could dress, and I was like, 
well, that's weird. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. I felt like I had a pretty good, you know, training camp. I outperformed every single tight end that was there um, playing this day, right? And tight end coach comes to me, yeah, you're going to have to sit this week. And I was like, what the hell? You know, I mean, just – and like I said, it, at times I said I wish I was a, a jerk and, you know, would say something. You know, I'd try and be respectful. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. you know. And um, – yeah, so I didn't dress this week. I was like, what the heck? You know, whatever. Well, you know, still did my thing during practice and all that. Next week, didn't dress. I'm like, what in the world? But the guy who was hurt all training camp, just ironically, he was the starter. I'm like, well, that's funny. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're hurt and you're – and here's the thing. He had mental bust during practice. I mean, like, like I said, mental bust during practice. I didn't have any. Where did he go to school? Uh, Louisville. Okay. And uh, like I said, talk, this is talking general football. The guys were great, and you know, my teammates, my tight end guys were, were great. Yeah, but just, I was speaking general football, but uh, clearly I was the best one, you know. Um, but he, you know, he got hurt, but he was a starter. That's funny. Then the other two guys, they dressed, and that's funny. They played in the Pac-12. Wow, that's you know. So Newhouse went to UCLA, and I, I was right. I was going back in time though. He was in Colorado in the 90s, Washington from 99 to 02, mm-hmm. UCLA most recently 08 to 11. Yeah. So he is he's Mr. Pac-12. Yeah, so been at all those that's places. Funny, you know, so that guy, you know, starts the other two, you know, tight ends from the played in the Pac-12. Um they dressed, played. I'm sitting there on the sidelines like, "All right, you know, cool, but you know, this is ridiculous. So, um, well, then, you know, I, that next week, you know, I get released and Rick Newhouse, you know, with the audacity says, now you'll be back. Like, just, we'll, you'll be back. Well, six weeks go by and my, you know, I never get called back and the league falls. I'm like, you know what, y'all. Yeah. And that's what put a big sour taste in my mouth, you know, with this whole professional stuff. And, yeah. Um, especially with that league. I said, I mean, I was the best one out there as far as tight end goes. And, for me not to even get an opportunity and all that and they just blowing smoke and well i remember bryce during that season there was a story about how players weren't getting paid and they blamed it on like a clerical error yeah yeah we we didn't get paid for golly i bet we didn't get paid like we got paid in like cash during training camp (laughs) under the table (laughs) what the heck i got paid in cash during training camp i think our first seasonal like our first week check was like a week late yeah. it was just a crock of crap and uh and and you're going through practice like it's like you're supposed to oh, yeah. and you're like you said you're being told you're giving assurances on how great this thing's going to be oh yeah so it just it was a big farce like it, phone yeah, yeah it was and i mean that was so fun when we went we literally went i think one time during training camp we went a few weeks um you know, and without getting our paycheck, and I think some teams were like, "Screw that! I ain't practicing." Yeah. You know, but you know, our team, you know, we practice, and I practice just as hard, and I'm trying to prove myself. And you know, clearly, I thought I did. Um, yeah. But maybe if I was Pac-12, um, you know, maybe I would have uh, got got an opportunity. But yeah, that whole. That's why I'm like, you know what? I love football, but I'm not trying to get into all that politics and favoritism. Yeah, and that, uh, like you said, turned you sour on all these leagues now, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it'd be cool to – obviously, I 
love the situation I'm in now and yeah. um, what I got going on. But you know, if I was, you know, you know, Garrett's young still, and um, I guess he hasn't really had much ties. His football career still flowing and hasn't had any lulls really um, with time like gaps, you know, gaps and whatnot. So, I mean, I think it'd be cool to do you know the whole USFL thing. And I know Skip Holtz is in Birmingham. Birmingham. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go to Birmingham. Maybe another team. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't mind playing for Skip. I'm like, ah, I may hold off on Birmingham. But, yeah. uh, I mean, it would have been a cool league to do again. I mean, to do if I was younger and didn't have ties here. And, yeah. You know, the whole getting married and, you know, solid job and things. Oh, yeah. Um, I would most definitely try for the USFL. Why not keep it going? I'm sure I've asked you. Did you have any thoughts of going to Canada to play Canadian football? So, uh, a part of me did. Um, I think I talked to Cody Keith because you know he played there for you know played up in Canada for a little bit, and um, he said, "Man, we really don't even use tight ends." Oh right, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Well, heck, in that case, I'm not going bothered trying to do that." Yeah, I mean, and um, he was going in detail about you know they just do running backs or the receivers and stuff. Um, Which you can't get to turn you into a, a slot guy, goal line receiver. Oh, yeah, guy. for sure. I mean, you could have played. Oh, yeah, I definitely could have. Um, I wasn't keen on the time of year it was. <laughs> it was during, you know, during the summer. Like it's the during spring, the summer, summer, yeah. And I'm just like, eh. It's okay. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah. Hey, my next question was going to be, did you think about arena? But they don't use tight ends, I don't yeah, think, either. No. <laughs> so I was like, well, shoot, I guess I just tight ends or just the NFL thing or maybe an AAF thing. Well, yeah. How about this, Bryce? Did you ever think of, uh, and I don't, you're not a big NASCAR fan, I don't think, are you? But did you ever think um, of getting involved in that? You know. Because there's a lot of former pirates in that. So I'll say I did. I think because I who was I talking to? Like Zico Pursuit got involved yeah, James with it. Craig Tudor. Yeah, those are Kyle the big Tudor. three that I know. And I mean, I think they're like in the is it sprint. No, what's what's the top sprint? Yeah. Uh well, now it's called the something. Well, the top. Yeah. yeah. And uh, honestly, that goes back to kind of more so being a man with no ties or, you know, serious relationship, all that whole thing. Yeah. Like I would have most definitely done that because back in high school, we did have, we had RCR racing right by the high school. So we worked, I worked out, me and my brother worked out with the, um, the head strength guy or whatever for the thing. And their workouts are intense. I mean, and it's practice. I mean, it's a very competitive thing. And honestly, I would have loved to do it. Cause I mean, I think NASCAR is pretty cool. Like just that kind of atmosphere and, you know things like that but um so if i would have been kind of a, just kind of a bachelor guy yeah nothing i would have most definitely tried to do um you know the nascar pit crew we had uh have you met ed watkins big ed watkins we i've never i've been on the radio with him i've oh, never yeah. like personally talked to him okay. on the radio but uh yeah he was, we had him on monday he just finished a long career as a gas man he yeah. was a football player here won nascar titles and uh Kind of a cool thing. He said he had tons of uh, football players that came from all over the country that would go to Charlotte yeah. and learn what to do and stick with it and, and have a career. I know. Um, so it used to be the Winston Cup. Bryce said Sprint. It was Nextail Monster Energy. What is it called now, uh, CJ? And so it's the Monster Ener- Monster Series. Okay. All right. I didn't. I forgot they still had a title sponsor. That's what it's called now. Yeah, Monster. What? Sure. Hey, whoever will pay him some money, Bryce. That's oh, what it's going to be right. called. All right, I tell you what, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll do our drawing. So we'll do that. We got to go Pirate Radio Outdoors, and uh, 
We'll have more with Bryce Williams when we return on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. It was another rough day. As the Dow closed down 464 points and closed at 33,131, NASDAQ was down 344 at 13,037, and the S&P fell 79 points at 4,225. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you here on PRL. Question from Craig. He says, how does the USFL, XFL, and NFL interact with each other? I know the XFL partnered with the NFL in some capacity. Is the USFL separate or aligned with the NFL, etc.? Uh, from what I gather, the USFL is not aligned with the NFL. And Bryce, do you remember in the AAF uh, if there was any links to the NFL at all? I, I don't recall there being um, any. I don't know. No, I remember them saying, like, NFL, you know, NFL teams will be out there watching, yada, yada, yada. I think they create these and hope they become good enough that the NFL will look at them and say, we want to partner with you right. in some form or fashion. Yeah, most definitely. And they promised that as well. I do think I saw a Texans guy out there one time. By just a practice? or A practice, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, that was the last one I remember seeing. I did. So it's kind of like practicing in college where they'll send out scouts to watch you guys sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Or obviously pro days. Yeah. But even at some practices, wouldn't some guys be out there? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I did. I was able to, you know, uh, meet up with um, Jeff Fisher though when I was out in Arizona. He was because he was a part of something with that league. Um, I don't remember his title, but uh, mm-hmm. it was cool. He was at one of the practices, and I said, got to talk. There's actually a picture of me seeing him. Uh, I got it somewhere on the phone, but was that after you were with the Rams? So you are. Oh did? yeah, yeah, the okay. Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was after. So the AAF was kind of your last. Oh yeah, hurrah! Yeah, it was. I was like, oh man, I'll get this and. Maybe someone will notice, and yeah. I, I would, I was, I would be real curious to know how many guys from that league, you know, got another chance in the league, or you yeah. know, even got next chance in the league that following year. Um, but I know John Wofford's the only one I, I know of. And Chandler PJ Walker was XFL, right? Yeah, and he jumped on and actually played for the uh, Panthers. Yeah, it was a very good audition for him. I know he led the that league in yards and. Uh, completion percentage and stuff like that so it landed on the job in the nfl and it just so happened to be my carolina panthers all right uh bryce uh pirates began mat drills this week i saw that now as a radio guy i just say that and it makes me sound like i know what i'm talking about i really don't know <laughs> what, that, what that even means um we didn't call ours mat drills um 
what did we call ours? so what were you doing in late february late february ECA? or somewhere when it was nice and cold what did they call it we'll just can i say he double hockey stick sure uh they they would call it hell week and uh <laughs> mad drills right. sounds a lot nicer than hell yeah week. so marshall had mat drills and theirs, I think, were intense. But I, I was, uh, that's when I had my shoulder surgery. So I, as a freshman, you know, redshirt freshman, I was all gimped up. So I didn't have to participate <laughs> in it. Up. So it was kind of nice. Um, but we had Hell Week, and I mean, you know, it was outside, and it was, I don't know what time we started, 6 a.m. maybe. And uh, it, was, it was just a lot of like different competitive drills and running, just nonstop, pretty much things just to make you puke and get real tired. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a moment to uh, expose who's tough and who's weak. All right. Um, and I remember my senior year, and I could have kept going. I something I just clicked. Um, it was that coming into my senior year, obviously. And um, you know, we obviously did up downs, and we would do quarters. And I think it, we would end up doing like a hundred up downs the ne- the last day. And uh, <laughs> like I said, it was just something that clicked in me. And I could have gone forever. So we had done four, done four quarters to twenty-five, and uh, the whole team's out there. And you got guys dying. I said, I think I said, uh, "No, nah, f that. Let's keep going." And Coach C said, "All right." Oh no! And, uh, everybody was just like, "What?" Well, I mean, you could tell some guys were like broken. Like, are you serious? And then some guys, you know, I think like Zay was like broke. You know, didn't care. Um, and I remember that moment so clearly because I said I could have done I could have done three of them. You were just feeling it. I was. I yeah. said, shoot, I ain't tired. You ain't gonna make me pansy out. Uh, <laughs> but it was so funny when I said, That's no, awesome. F that. Keep going. The kid that wants more homework, Bryce Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you were the big dog on the team, though. You could say that. Nobody could, could mess with yeah, you. Yeah, and uh, it's probably a good thing someone didn't because it was just one of those things <laughs> where I said I would have. it would have not been uh, – Yeah. the language would not have been radio. If somebody would have done that two years earlier and you were the one struggling, you'd have probably been a little upset. But, yeah. hey, you were ready that day. Oh, it was. Hey, we got the return of Mike Houston yelling and uh, screaming this week. Shirley, let's hit that from earlier this week. And it was kind of dark on the video, so I guess it's early morning hours uh let's hear mike houston hey here's the deal everybody wants to win on game day everybody wants to be the guy on game day but there are very few that do the things that you got to do in order to win on game day in order to be the guy on game day this is the beginning of it okay this is where we find out what we got inside of us so let's make sure that we have a great day today everybody got that okay take off to your stations go and Bryce Williams is a guy that that knows what it takes to win on game day because he oh, wants yeah. to do more. That's right. So and there I you need go. To, uh, I might need to. I'd like to before it's over. I guess this goes to the Friday, don't it? I need to. I'd like to tag him because I'm up by then. I need to see if I can go uh, head on over there. Call to, Donnie or someone. Yeah. So hey, can I come watch Matt Drills? I'd, I'd think it would just be cool to see the guys doing that stuff and getting after it I mean, you'll be out there saying i think they need one more coach <laughs> you know they don't, look t- they don't look tired enough uh we and I, Who is this? <laughs> I wish uh because i think what they do is pretty cool um i think they do more of like we did competitive things but it was almost some of the things i've seen coach houston them do looks look, look pretty cool um compared to what we really did um I wish we kind of did some of the stuff they did. Like, I'm trying to think of stuff. So what are you doing, like, tug-of-war and like stuff tug like that? Like, tug-of-wars, you know, school. like, sled push races and yeah. relays and um, things like that. One thing was, I, I'm pretty sure they did it. 
uh, like you know, you had the tire and one guy's on the other and you're trying to yank oh, the yeah, tire. Yeah. I would have liked to try and done that. Um, you know, when I was when I was out of ECU, just to kind of obviously a pride thing. A little man on man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Igo said yesterday when I asked him what mat drills are, he said all he knew is there was no ball involved. Like no. you're out there with play, you know, with, your, with a football team without a football and uh-huh. doing everything out there. So good team bonding time, I oh, guess. Oh, most too, definitely. I mean, it, you definitely, it's a puke and rally situation. I remember <laughs> it was, I think it was my first year at ECU, you know, that following winter. And something about the, and the, the sleds, it all stinks because i mean if the sleds and it's not dewy you know it's just on that turf and mm-hmm. there's there's just friction it just doesn't want to move and you're dead tired and mm-hmm. i mean i remember me and kyle uh you know doll had to go each other like tug of war and it was almost like you know wait like let me get this one you get that one. Like, <laughs> it was like you win i win and then yeah. see how it played out but whew, those tough times it is i, I tell you i could i would run you know, would just rather, you know, could just run forever. But you start doing, like, exertion mixed in with, like, some kind of cardio, holy cow. So is that the toughest part of a college football player's, like, calendar year? Like, what they're doing now? Or is it Yeah, I would spring, say, like, fall camp? Like, what is this yeah, the toughest part? Spring, I think, is the best time because, you know, it's, you know, you know you're breaking through the winter. Um, you know, it's warm outside. You know, you're playing some ball. But after that, you're done. Like, it's... You know, the weekends are free, besides their thing. Um, I enjoyed winter for the lifting part of it. Um, you know, that was a chance, you know, let's get bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. do that whole deal. You know, big grind time there. But then Matt Drill Week, you know, it is like, okay, you know. You're so just, that's the, the toughest part, the, I, think? I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. Most definitely, because you know you're going to puke and all this stuff. Even though maybe, I, no, I think I was a puker. Um, <laughs> I just kept going. But, uh I think that's the that would be the hardest time. Like I said, running really. I mean, it sucked, but it was never anything. I never had to fail at running, um, which was nice. But my goodness, we ran. I remember Connors used to run y'all at the end of practices, like like during the season, and he'd be counting, hollering. Yes, yeah. holy cow! Now that would be lineman or struggling. Oh, that would be frustrating if someone was um, slacking and didn't make it, and then we had to run. That's when I was like, okay, like we're in season and yeah. these jack legs are not making it, you know. And me say all these, you know, guys have been playing a full practice and y'all want to, no. man, you that be a, a fu- I don't, I, you know X's and O's, but you also got the phrases. I think you'd be a great coach for us. You know, I told mom and dad about that. I definitely would like to coach um, eventually. Maybe like maybe when I have my kid and sort of my little. Yeah, young part, you know, my doing whatever I want, you know, the whole stuff slows down a little bit. Um, I do plan on some in some way coaching. I yeah. mean, and if one of the even like during the summer or something, um, you know, whoever local high schools around, and I would love to come out and just see and maybe give some kind of you know advice to the off off the offensive guys as far as skill guys, receivers, tight ends. Um, yeah. I do, I enjoyed it. I did that with my high school back home. When um, you know, I wasn't with a team in the fall. I was just like it's free agent, you call it. And I helped out with the high school team back home, obviously with the receivers and stuff. And I really enjoyed it. Just you know, teaching them what I knew. Like if I knew what I knew in high school, or even at college, what I learned in the NFL. I mean, right. it, it would have been unreal how much better 
of routes and everything would have been um but i definitely do plan on doing that probably in my later years good stuff all right let's uh let's give a prize away real quick let me pull up my random number generator and uh let's find out who's going to be our winner today as we all uh have had you chime in on your number between one and 100 and we are going to give away lunch for two at tiebreakers so i'm going to hit this three times one two and three that was three already how did uh, your computer load that a quick three and we're going to go with that top number there it's number 72 as oh bryce my. can confirm number 72 oh my god is it <laughs> it's oh. it's brian packard oh, with 69 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the baseball player right? yeah, yeah. Serious? yeah this is a joke man that's hilarious <laughs> brian please give us a call at the studio at 317-1250 so i can get additional information from you thank you hold on shirley i'm gonna send you his number i want to see if we can get him on live okay because uh to talk how, I, is he even around here to claim he was i saw he was at the baseball game over the weekend yeah him, him and washer let me uh they can search yeah i used to learn that I, I text, text him I and tell him to call the studio <laughs> Bryce, are you still learning that i don't have his his name his number saved oh well, or his name saved that. i got it in here somewhere oh that'll make things difficult and look i got my two hands i really am at like an old person those DMs on twitter <laughs> hey, hey i say Channel, as soon as Clip starts using his pointer finger, then I'll be worried. <laughs> what he's going? All right. oh, you know what? Right. I might, I might still have it because you, you sometimes will send me. I got it, Shirley. Or oh, when you he got does it? like okay. this, I think I got it. Oh yeah, do you got yeah, it? Yeah, you did the. Uh huh. All right, I sent it to you. Okay, let's take so, a break. Okay, so I'm, I'm calling him. Yeah, see if he'll answer. It'll be funny if he does, because I want to know if he's actually around. Is he eligible? I guess he is, right? Yeah, because he's a listener. He's, he's a listener. Yeah. He is a professional. Not, <laughs> true, and he has not won this month. <laughs> that is true. Brian All right, Packard. Brian Packard gets in with sixty-nine on the station for winners. Our number was seventy-two. Good grief! All right, <laughs> we'll see if he uh, picks up, and uh, we'll have more with Bryce Pirate Radio Outdoors when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 53,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, Bryce Williams here alongside. We just had our uh, Pirate Radio raffle winner. It was closest to the pin. Put in a number between 1 and 100. And uh, we had one jokester uh, who had number 69. And uh, his name is Bryant Packard. He's a former ECU baseball player, now in the Detroit Tigers organization. 
and he was our winner and uh he's on the pirate radio live line right now brian congratulations on your big win today man I appreciate it, but I'm not understanding the jokester. I six nine. It's just my favorite number. You know, I've, uh, I've always liked it. So, <laughs> has a lot of meaning to you. Yeah, a lot of meaning. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Bryant, you are a winner. Now you were here as early as uh, what Saturday, I believe, but you are no longer in our area, correct? I am not. I am not. I think I found out who to give it to. Oh, okay. So, would you like to accept your lunch for two and re-gift it to someone? Yes, I think I'm going to give it to Pirate Radio Athlete Ryder Giles. <laughs> All right, now we're doing like insider trading here. <laughs> I don't know. That's not part of his NIL deal, Brian. Uh, hey, are you bummed out you missed out on being a Pirate Radio Athlete? Yeah, how about that? I mean, I guess that's only college guys. But No, I'm saying, like, yeah, the NIL came too late. You could have been you our first guy if it was a few years ago. I know, I know. It's whatever. It's whatever. We'll get you a shirt either way. All right, so uh, I, I think we're going to put these back into the pod if you won't accept it, Brian, and give it away to somebody else. Yeah, that's fine. I just figured I'd give it to Ryder and start the message board. <laughs> he needs a good meal. Hey, he's fine now, though. He had three hits last night, so he's back. That's what I'm saying. Dude. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. All right, well, tell your dad uh, the human tripod I said hello. <laughs> and uh hope you're feeling well and uh ready to see you on the field this uh for some what spring training soon Brian. yeah yeah pretty soon yeah i head down uh about two weeks all right man well good luck Brian. congrats on your win and uh, uh maybe next time you can claim your prize here so yep yep i hope so i'll stick with my number for next time <laughs> hey we'll stick with what works all right see you Brian. all right Brian packard joining us what a uh what a guy all right so I tell you, instead of giving it to Ryder, let's uh, let's give it to somebody else. Redo. Yeah, let's have a redraw here, Bryce. So let me pull this thing up again. No, no more shenanigans. No more uh, inside jobs here. So I'm going to go one, two, three. Watch it land on sixty nine. <laughs> Look what number two was. <laughs> number two is sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> That would the, <laughs> wow. The first number up is 35. Yep. And I see Michael with a 36. And I don't see a 34 or 35. No. So I believe Michael is going to be our winner. And I'll have to scroll up to find Michael's name. And I might have to go back and do that after the show. So Michael, this is not Mike P. This is Michael. Um you are our winner we will uh find your name and if you uh are the michael out there listening send us a message and we will get this lunch for two to tiebreakers to you is it michael dyer yes it is i believe michael dyer so uh i'll shoot him a message right now in case he's uh not tuned in anymore all right um bryce quick edition of pirate radio outdoors uh, we got about five minutes oh dang yeah sorry um uh, should we take a break and just end the show with it shirley or do it now you make the call shirley ep of the pirate radio live uh, let's take a break take a break okay. we'll come back and you'll have the rest of the time bryce to go pirate radio outdoors we're back after this
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Well, listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, let's go Pirate Radio Outdoors to wrap it up today with Bryce Williams. Bryce, what you been up to in the woods or on the boat here this past week? Man, you wouldn't believe it. I was able to go fishing Saturday and Sunday. Man, double yeah, header. So, uh, yeah, went with my buddy... Um, Saturday on his boat, which is always kind of nice, you know, when the buddy says, Hey, you know what? Come on my boat, which makes things a lot easier. You don't have to haul your boat, you don't gotta wash it off. Kind of like watching games at the friend's house instead of your house. You don't have to worry about the cleanup and the prep. Or going to a friend's house to see the, you know, or see your nephews and nephews. You get to enjoy them, and then it's like, Okay. (laughs) And then see you later. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so we went Saturday, you know, down southern part of the Pamlico, and, um, we were able to get on some fish. You know, the biggest one I caught was about 19. But um, I think it was that Saturday. Yeah. We caught on some fish um, Saturday. Fished about till about noon. Um, it was, you know, a nice day out there. So, of course, always good to, you know, because with that trout bite, you know what it feels like. You know what it feels like when they smack your lure. And it's so addictive. Mm. And uh, so, you're, and of course, I'm always, I'm always chasing that. And... Uh, so I was able to get that Saturday. Well, then Sunday, I was like, didn't plan on going fishing. But I looked at the weather, I said, man, it is beautiful. But, you know, I took care of my things at the house, vacuumed, clean, you know, did all oh, that yeah. stuff. And we weren't really doing much. And I was like, hey, can I go fishing? She said, yeah, I don't care. You, I got schoolwork anyways. I said, boom. So I took off. It was just me, actually. What time was that? Because I usually like to get going early, So right? Or do you go, would you go afternoon? Like, what time did you go Sunday? It was later. Okay. Um, and like I said, I was supposed to have a guy buy my boat motor. I just, so it was ironic. So I was supposed to have a guy buy my boat motor Friday. So I'm thinking I wasn't going to have a boat motor all weekend. You know, so Saturday was, you know, chewed up uh, since the boat didn't go through. And a buddy had asked me during Friday if, um, you know, if I could go. Once I realized I thought my boat motor was going to sell, I was like, well, I'm a boat, so I'll go fish. Well, then the guy didn't show up and threw everything off. Because um, it was going to take trip weaver fishing. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't go through because everything got conjungled. Conjungled? Is that a word? Conjungled, sure. Conjungled. <laughs> but uh, so I did that. But then so I took <laughs> off Sunday uh, for just like a quick little trip just to test the motor out and make sure everything was running good. While she Great excuse for Anna, by the way. Hey, I got to test this motor. Exactly. You could use that one moving forward if you need to. I know. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, and I didn't catch anything. I was doing more just patrolling for, um, you know, for next time. There you go. But a nice Sunday out, a little a little bonus day. It was. Boat, boat. boat ran good. And, uh, like I said, when I take tripping them, of course, they just want to be out. And, uh, so I'm trying to get some recon on my own self so I can yeah. get them on fish. So, well, you know, so it was a good time. I'll be uh, say for every fish I get you on, that's one little piece of scoop you got to give me. Exactly, about a football team, right? Oh yeah, trade secrets here. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Bryce, thanks for joining us, bud. 
Yeah, thank y'all for having me. We will uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. I will see you tomorrow. Chandler, I'll see you in uh, about an hour at Menchie's Coliseum as East Carolina takes on South Florida. We'll talk to you Thursday. Garrett McGinn, former Pirate lineman, joins us. We'll also get you ready for ECU-UNC. Jody Jones, uh, formerly worked forever here at uh, ECU, now is at UNC working with the baseball team. So we'll get a preview of that series as well. We'll see you Thursday, 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.